0: everybody watching before I get the party started. You know you be invited.
1: Step right up and
2: get That's ironic. <laughs> this was not our best show, I will say. Here's what I'm going to say, though. Do you remember like a, or you might have read about at Woodstock, like 99? There's people who say, I was, you know, I, I watched was, the documentary. Was, mm-hmm. Yeah, I was there. It's kind of like a badge of honor. If you get through the end of this pod, you survived you, Woodstock 99. You metaphorically should have a t shirt. But I will say this there were some brilliant moments, and the first half of it's good, but we changed things up a little bit. Let's just say this if everything was a success, why would anyone, why would there be garbage, man? You really think about it, <laughs> right?
3: Yeah. But I tell you this how's your hockey doing? and plus 25.74 units. That's good. That's a party.
2: How's college basketball starting? Great.
3: Started off, I had a three-star hit tonight,
1: actually, while we recorded this pod. Seton Hall went under.
2: That reminds me of the story with Stu Unger, the great poker player, maybe the greatest talent as a poker player ever. He was eating food. He was doing drugs in the bathroom, (laughs) and he was winning all kind of money. And Mike Sexton, who was like a young kid, like 22 at the time, was like, A railbird. He knew Stewie a little. Was watching. Stewie goes, "Hey kid, play my hand for me. I gotta go in the shitter." He goes, "Who knows what he's doing in there, right?" Well, Stewie gets like rolled up kings, like in seven card stud. Or not Stewie, but uh, Saxon. Mm -hmm. So he's got to play. So he's raising. He's raising. He's raising. He ends up betting like almost all of his money. It was a limit game, but it was like huge raise, raise, raise. Unger walks back, sees he's got no money in front of him. There's a huge pot. Rolls over sex and King's fool, right? King rakes like a big, like $30,000 pot. He goes, You guys are, he starts screaming, You guys are so bad, I can beat you from the shitter. <laughs> so it's kind of like that, right? You follow? Yeah. <laughs> you're doing a podcast and you're winning money. You're not even, you're just, you're in the shitter in a I way. was in the shitter. But that was this show. <laughs> See, it all comes together. But it was my fault. I came up with a new idea. How's this sound? I think there's a way to salvage it. It just has to change significantly. So listen, you got at least listen to the two thirds, Mark, because there's a lot of good stuff. It gets a little dry after that. But then there's funny stuff. I'm just going to just be honest. I'm not going to always say it's the best show. Scott would oh, it's the best show of the week. No, we, did. <laughs> we tell the truth here. No, you wouldn't do that. How's SOV?
3: What's been the worst SOV AM show? Uh, the worst one. I don't know if I can pinpoint a worst one. See? He won't tell you. But I'm sure there has been a worst one. Well, there's definitely been a worst one.
2: Even if if they were, like, 30 of the best shows ever, there had to be the worst. Like, there was a worst um, Picasso painting. Just
1: like I love both my kids, but I I like one less. Which one? I'm not going to (laughs) say.
2: Does your wife know? Oh, yeah. Do you think he knows? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Are you paying for counseling later? No. (laughs) Well, it matters who needs it. (laughs) If it's the kid I really love. (laughs) All right. Speaking of lack of love, here's love, though. $75 off. I'm going to make this one quick. Any basketball season access. And AJ, if you think he knows NFL, come on. But he knows college. Would you say you know college basketball double as well? Yes. This guy wins at college basketball. This guy wins at hockey. You can get any basketball season. Actually, if you went to hockey, you got to pay full price. Any basketball <laughs> season access, you get 75 bucks off. And remember, college has started. And let's not mistake, I don't know, Handicap Daily, there's been massive number of games early. It's not like yep. they're starting with a slow roll.
1: Monday was almost every, almost every team played on Monday.
2: And 300 and some teams. Yeah,
1: and there was like five games on Tuesday.
2: God, you should almost get AJ's subscription just to thank him for handicapping. I mean, like that sounds like torture. Yeah.
1: Your, I, I sc- cut out some teams this year th- you got a- on to. your yeah. recommendation. That-
2: uh, listen, you don't need high volume. You need winners, which yes. you deliver on. I'd rather. I, I'm a big believer in focused handicap. I think if you're starting out as a handicapper, focus on one conference. I mean, like literally that one conference, and get to, watch the press conferences, and re- you have a chance to win that yep. way. All right, any basketball season access. Including Mackenzie's MBA is possible. AJ, all of it. Now, here's the uh, coupon code. HOT75. Oh, that sounds like a radio thing. H-O-T. On HOT75, tune in (laughs) and get the best bets from AJ Hoffman. Though he hates himself for handicapping it, you benefit from his self-loathing. HOT75. On to the show, if you want to call it that. On to the so-called show. Week 10, and unfortunately, we got an absence with the Wise Guy Roundtable. Fez is out this week only, uh, death in the family at this point, and uh, we're all wishing him the best. And, you know, it was somewhat expected, but still, it's, that's not easy. And if you guys have any inclination to do it, it'd be appreciated. You know, maybe say a nice, kind word, if you're a big fan of his, on Twitter, at Sports. F-E-Z-Z-I-K. Fez is getting promotion, not even not here. Not even being you here. Didn't have to like show that. up. We got A.J. Hoffman. He's a one percenter, this guy. <laughs> we got Scott Seidenberg. I just found out he's in this contest you're in, is NFL. Mm-hmm. And how many people started in it? Uh, 1,600. All right. And how many people are left? 30. And you're amongst the 30. I am. That's at least top 1%. Not as good I as mean, I'm just as AJ. doing the math in my head. <laughs> <laughs> so, in that, it's an interesting format, like, kind of uh, give us the real 20 second version.
3: So, it's a survivor pool, but you can take the same team multiple times. The only caveat is that the highest point spreads of the week are restricted games. So, so you initially, can't, can't initially like the in top week, favorites. In week one, how many were restricted? Two restricted. And then as you get further along in the season, it goes to three restricted games. And now that we're at week 10, it starts with four restricted games. When does it go to five? Haven't made it that far, so I don't know.
2: <laughs> oh, I mean, I thought they might have laid it out before. Um, that's interesting. But that you can use the same team again and again? Yeah, yeah. Okay.
3: But obviously you can't take the heavy favorites, so it, it promotes people getting knocked out. How
2: many times have you taken the Giants? Ooh,
3: I don't think I ever did.
2: What was your closest
3: call? Um, It was the Falcons-Panthers.
2: Ooh. <laughs> oh, now were you watching that game? <laughs> yes. So you thought you were done. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That makes gambling— That's one of the things that makes gambling awesome. Okay, here's what we're going to do. Back when Zeppelin— quit touring, Robert or Jimmy Page and Robert Plant would tour solo in the early 80s and beyond. The firm was Jimmy Page's band. Uh, that's been lost to history, I think pretty much, but they have a song called Radioactive. You ever hear that song? Agent? No. It's actually a good song. Um, but boy, we were holding on in the 80s, like just like, you know, but what occasionally Jimmy Page would play stairway at, a, at one of his shows, but he would do it instrumental. Like out of respect to Robert Plan, so we're going to change things up a little bit. Now we're still going to have our best bats. We're still going to have our five, four, three, two, but we're actually going to extend it in the following way. Everyone here, AJ, Scott, and myself, have picked every game against the spread, and this is the Super Contest line. Thirteen, because there's thirteen games, not counting Thursday, is the highest ranked or confidence, all the way down to one. Then though I haven't seen the exact numbers, I was just handed the end results here, and we can see with each game where everyone is, we are going to go from the most popular pick, so we're just adding up the confidence numbers. And from what I see and what was passed to me, we've got one, two, three, four, five, six cross five, where there's, uh, with seven people, it's everyone's on the same team on seven games, and on six games, there's a disagreement. So let's say the disagreement was... Uh one guy had a 10, the other guy had a 10, and the disagreement had a three. It would be 10 plus 10 minus 3, 17, and thus it would rank somewhere. Pretty it should be fun. It should be.
1: A diff- little different. Change it up.
2: Now, what we'll do is announce our best bets as they occur. It's gonna be interesting if someone somehow like doesn't have their best bet. You know, like I could see it's not gonna be the first three picks, but by the fourth or fifth, you think. We'll see. Think. We'll, we'll see. <laughs> the number one pick with 29 confidence points, the Las Vegas Raiders. Now the line in that game is -6. Can
1: we agree that it's insane that the Raiders are the most confident choice cuz I I've, <laughs> I've got almost no confidence in the Raiders yet that's still the the most confident choice.
2: So what did you have in this game? Uh I mean what was your rank?
1: Uh it was for me this was lo- it was a, my 5 rank. So it was
3: Near the bottom.
2: Okay. five. Uh, so we'll call it conf- five confidence. Five
3: confidence. Right. This was my 12 confidence. So mm-hmm. this was my second highest, second most confident game.
2: So this would have typically been your four-way. Correct. And this would have been my four-way, a 12. So 12 plus 12 plus 5, 29 points. AJ, wanted, well, why don't we go by confidence
3: and you start, Scott. So the Colts is, are a disaster. You fired your head coach. If you would have replaced them with an offensive coordinator or a defensive coordinator, well, they just fired their offensive coordinator, assistant the week before. head coach. Like, replace him with somebody on staff. Okay, I get it. Maybe the team rallies and responds. You bring in Jeff Saturday, your former center, from the Bristol set of ESPN, now to go into your building and coach this team.
2: Wait, aren't they on the seaport? Isn't he on the seaport? Maybe he's in Manhattan now. <laughs> I don't know.
3: Either way. How is that going to fly in the meeting room when Jeff Saturday comes in from ESPN, who's been, you know, talking smack about this team, just being real about them, how they've played all season. Now he comes into the meeting room and he's got to delegate authority to people that, especially on his own coaching staff, that got passed over for this job, and now they have to look up and respond to him. They didn't have an offensive play caller. So you know who he named the offensive play caller? A 30-year-old passing game coordinator who probably has only called plays in Madden, and now he's got to call plays. But we know he hasn't called plays in the the NFL. Never. Now he's got to call plays. The Raiders, yes, have had their troubles. And I don't feel confident saying, oh, wow, Raiders are going to blow out the Colts. But here's what I do know. The Raiders have lost three games this year in which they have held a 17-point lead. That's the most ever in an NFL season for any team. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? This is why it's a good (laughs) thing. If the Raiders go up by 17 in this game, they're not losing because I have no faith in this Colts offense to come back from a deficit like that. And so if I'm looking at this Raiders team, yes, they have those losses, but in those losses they built up 17-point leads You do the same or come close to it here against the Colts, you're not blowing that lead.
2: Okay, so the Raiders stat about the 17-point lead. They had four games with a 17-point lead. They won one of them. Mm -hmm. That's the second most games behind Philadelphia in the entire NFL. That's crazy. So if we say, hey, who can dominate at least part of the game, an NFL team, (laughs) the Raiders are second in that list. I think it's good. Here's why I am I'm going to break out my dream crusher concept this week. Every year it comes out and the concept is simple. If a team loses a game that precludes them, that stops them from achieving their season-long dream, whatever they entered the season dreaming on, they have
3: trouble the next game. What's the point? Nihilistic that's like I, I, why I'm picking against Alabama this week in college football.
2: That that's a good example of if there's ever a time they're going to be flat, in theory, it's going to be that. And even Saban, you got to wonder, does he have the mm-hmm. fire? With him, probably yes. But the players, yeah. we don't know. So I don't think that's the case with the Raiders because they have a new coach. And though they made the playoffs last year, it was fluky. Everyone kind of knows that. A lot of close game wins. And here in town, you're hearing conversation on the radio. Hey, we gave them a playoff team, and now what, what? What do we got? But they're not gonna. You don't think they're gonna fire them in year one? So all those players know this is the ship they're on. I don't think they give up, right? And who knows? They still have an outside chance to make it. Especially they probably think they're very good. So in general, I think the Raiders are still motivated. They obviously are better than their record, but this is more of a fade of the Colts. I'm scared of this game. And my, this is, again, my 12 confidence. It's my second highest one. This would have been my four-star, or is my four-star. Is this line move or lack of line? This is the dog who didn't bark, as Sherlock Holmes once opined. Is that how it opined, you think? I think, think? That,
1: that fits. Ask the English
2: I, I Wow, come on. I'm better than that Gingrich okay, okay, well, don't ask me. <laughs> I would say maybe he hypotenized. I think that, that works as well. What do you think, Mackenzie? McKenzie? So you're saying no one theorized. cares what you think. <laughs> it doesn't matter what you
3: think.
2: <laughs> Is that how he said it? It doesn't yeah. matter. <laughs> Damn, I messed it up. <laughs> That's pretty good. Oh, go ahead, Mackenzie. Your words were good. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. But let's look at this line move. Is the look ahead line was Raiders by three and a half. Okay, it closed. Look ahead line closed there. The world opener, which was Sunday night. This didn't happen until was it Monday or Tuesday? It was Monday. Monday. All right. It went to five and a half. Now the Raiders lost, but still coats looked worse. And now by Monday early, before right around the firing time, it was six. Okay. It's still six. How could they say, okay, Frank Reich trying to salvage the season? to a guy that conspiracy theorists are thinking this is to tank, to bring in uh, sabotaging their own team.
1: Because I, we talk about this all the time. With a new coach, you don't know if a coach is an upgrade or a downgrade until you see him coach.
2: Well, you do but if
1: they never in, coached. In this case, I think most people consider Frank Reich a good coach. And the fact that he had an above 500 record despite having a new quarterback every season.
2: Well, but some of that was his own doing. The uh, quarterbacks they picked. That's, that's fair. Plus, uh, he's the one that lost Andrew Luck. I mean, theory. I mean, if someone quits, if someone, if someone, when Belichick had the absences during COVID, people who didn't come back, mm-hmm. there was a lot of talk of, oh, he's a hard ass. People don't don't want to play for him, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, if you have the only quarterback to quit in his prime, I mean, who else has done that? I mean, Jim Brown did it as a running back. Uh, Barry Sanders. Uh, Sanders did. Barry Sanders did, and so did Calvin Johnson, right? Mm-hmm. So two, but no quarterbacks. No. Tom Brady would have quit like 15 years ago. That's <laughs> yes. right. So, I mean, this, I'm not saying it's Reich's fault, but uh, to some point if I'm a fan, I'm wondering what the hell did you do but to do luck?
1: You, do you think Frank Reich is one of the 20 best head coaches in the world? I
2: don't. Really? I, and I know I'm in the minority.
1: Okay, I, I do, and I certainly know I, – I can say with confidence Jeff Saturday is not one of the 20 I, best coaches in the world.
2: I agree with that. He eats pancakes. I know that much. He was a, a real good center. Peyton Manning, I mean, they obviously have a good relationship, but – he, you know,
3: I, just I, seems like such a Jim Irsay move to make.
2: But wouldn't it be smart if he's trying to tank? Yes, it's a big, it's a big, uh, what's it called when you have a reveal with a magician? It's uh, abracadabra. You know, some, but anyway, <laughs> is it's a distraction. It's it, it, it's sleight a sleight of hand, it, a misdirection. Yeah, it, a misdirect. It, it does feel like it does feel like that we're talking about how wacky the owner is instead of talking about that this could be a sabotage. Well,
1: and is it coincidence that a couple weeks before they benched Matt Ryan, Jim Ursay said, Matt Ryan's our quarterback for the next two years. A couple weeks before they fire Frank Reich, he says, Frank Reich is our head coach through this season. And what did he just recently say? Chris Bauer will be our general manager. Yeah, Chris Bauer's yeah, our GM through this season. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what to believe out of uh, I hope he
2: doesn't say A.J.'s going to have a long life. Yeah, he could.
1: He Peyton Manning's a- going to be their president and GM next year. Todd Gurley will play in the Super Bowl. He's totally healthy. I don't. No, that's another guy. Another you liar. do think
2: that the Manning— I mean, remember, he's got this uh, entertainment
3: company. Omaha Productions, yeah.
2: Yeah, which I think they actually bought into Cousin Sal's operation, uh, the Bill Simmons guy. So I, I, you gotta wonder how much they're making for that Manning cast. It's got to be like twenty, thirty million each. Mm-hmm. It feels no.
3: like Peyton Manning's got a really good life going I, yeah. for him. Yeah, I don't think. Well, he, I would say he's never, he's not gonna coach. But if he did take a, a but role, but GMs work just as I'm hard. Saying, but if he did take a role, it would be like president of football operations or something. But that's yeah. a that's a yeah.
2: seventy-hour-week job, yeah. right?
3: And what it can do is the same thing it's done to Elway.
1: It makes a fan base that you would have you would have thought John Elway would be beloved forever. There's some Bronco fans who are like, "Yeah, oh,
2: what's this guy doing?" I think that that the fact he brought him another Super Bowl probably. Let's be candid: if you can win a Super Bowl every 20 years, you're ahead of the game. Yeah, that's true. So I don't know. I don't know a bunch of Bronco fans, but I I didn't sense a, a lot of anti Elway.
1: I did. I did until they won that Super Bowl. Yeah. But you're right.
2: Yeah. Um. All right. So Frank Reich's record ATS, well, thirty-eight, thirty-six, and three. It's just about average i think straight up record 41 and 35 in the playoffs one and two straight up two and one ats he almost beat the bills
4: remember yeah do you think being slightly above 500 is better than average because some coaches like bill belichick gobble up all the wins where most coaches fail out pretty pretty quickly
1: well listen there's guys like josh mcdaniel's gobbling up losses too (laughs) there is
2: that's an interesting point um McKenzie, as fascinating as a mean versus median debate would be right now. <laughs> Finally, <laughs> we're gonna have to do that silently. Oh, okay. So you can sign anything if you have any epiphanies. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, he, it's an interesting point he's making, but I th- that so. There's a normal distribution, typically. Apparently, Scott's got some trends for us this week, so you know he knows this, and that means it, that okay, there's going to be the most in the middle, and then there's going to be not outliers. fat tail, yeah, well outliers, but there's one standard deviation out, two standard, and it, it normally drops off at a certain rate, right? Is his point is maybe there's a fat tail with the winners, where the winners just win a disproportionate amount. And then there's the losers that maybe are a fat tail. My guess is there's probably more fat tail losers than winners. I
1: was gonna say because for every Belichick, Harbaugh, Tomlin, Andy Reid, there's like ten coaches a year that seem to get fired. So, yeah,
2: yeah. it's probably not a normal distribution. Actually, <laughs> even though the league tries that with mm-hmm. their parity,
1: right. like if through five years you're you've got a winning record in the NFL, I'd say you're probably ahead of the curve.
2: So one of the things. Well, yeah, I mean, five years winning right? Rec- yeah. I, unless you're Jim Caldwell with the no, line. That's true. <laughs> they said, we don't like double-digit wins. What are you doing here? I mean, that was interesting. All right, so what we've done, Mackenzie's actually had a real Herculean week, you know, like oh through the weekend. Imagine being on the phone with me at 2 in the afternoon on Saturday, barking orders, saying, get back to me in two hours. This dude's been doing it. He's, he's Give him a little kudos for this. So one of the things we've done, and this is fascinating is we went back and we removed garbage time from every game this season. And we defined that by saying no consideration at all. If one team has a 99% chance to win or higher. Right. And then if it's 98, we discount it by 75%. And then we go down to 97 and it's 50%. 96 is 25% discount. 75% is there in that case. Okay, and that's it. If it's 95 or or lower, we uh, give 100%. So we're being very judicious on removing plays. But we remove – Mackenzie, what's your sense of the number of plays overall that's been removed, the the ratio to overall?
4: I'd say the average team is like 88% competitive football. All right. So, But it really makes
2: some major changes. Do you have the list of the teams that's been upgraded or downgraded the most
4: just based on the stats? You ha- v- versus full time, uh, no, I could do that though.
2: Okay, because you had that list in one of the prior versions. Remember, we were we were seeing, but what happens is, like a team like the Bills, who in all power ratings, assuming Josh Allen is healthy, you know, let's make that assumption for a second, has been number one the whole pretty much the whole year. Well, we got them dropping to two, and only seven points better, only you know, than their opponents. Now, they've had a tough-strength schedule, which we're going to adjust for next week. We haven't done that yet. Mackenzie's got a long weekend of that coming up. <laughs> but, what are you laughing at? But, but there's been—the um, number 1 team is Philadelphia. And if you think about this, Philly has not played well when it hasn't mattered, meaning they're up by 28. Mm-hmm. They don't play well. But Bills have extended – they had a more, many close games – or more than one close game. But when they get a big lead, they tend to extend it. Yeah. They're bullies. But what does that even mean? Getting the big lead means a lot. But once you're at 98%, if you score 14 more points or you don't, what does that mean? Does it, I don't think it means much. The fact Philly gives up leads, I think, is probably—they don't give up leads, but they get to the point it's almost competitive. The Ravens do give up leads. Yeah, yeah. But in that case, when you're losing, everyone kind of says, hey, it means—because remember, a game can go out into garbage and then come right back in. Sure. Right, So there might be seven plays in the third quarter that went to garbage time, but mm-hmm. then they scored a touchdown they went right, right Well, and that in.
1: creates an interesting question. If those plays do go to garbage time and then the game becomes competitive again, do they still get counted as yes. garbage time? No, no. Oh, they didn't become play valuable is considered plays. considered
2: separately. Okay. So some games you're going to have just the last three plays. The kneel outs don't count, for okay. example. Um, it kind of makes me think the Bills are overrated because if, if, if I said to you, and AJ, you're a fan, you grew up a fan of the Bills somehow in Texas – how did that happen? Jim Kelly
1: was a quarterback okay. for the Houston
2: Gamblers. Oh, okay. I can appreciate that, actually. Okay. You know, I almost, you know, I guess I can say it now because they're back. The Gamblers' copyright or trademark was expired. Like three years ago, I noticed that and I was going to grab up their trademark. And you didn't? No. Man. But I'm not sure how that works. I think if they reclaim it, they, they, they could have taken it to court and, you know, because I would never have expected them to come back. Right? Because they're going to have yeah, the Houston Gamblers, aren't they? they,
3: are. they? Well, you could have bought HoustonGamblers.com and made them pay you for it.
2: That's interesting. But I was thinking of like putting shirts out and stuff. Because mm. let's be honest, I, you know, the gambler part, is kind of, it's kind of cool there was a USFL team yeah. called the Gamblers. And now there is again. But it doesn't seem as cool if they're sponsored by DraftKings. I don't know. <laughs> but no, nothing against DraftKings. I'm just saying it was more subversive before. Yeah. Um, If I asked you last question on the Bills, if I and we'll get to that game, obviously, if I asked you what's the main thing that makes you confident in the Bills, meaning what you've seen this year, not Josh Allen's good or whatever, what would you say?
1: That they are elite defensively.
2: Okay, I would have thought, and I'll see what Scott thinks. That my impression is, boy, they can accept. Boy, they blow out some teams. They blow the doors off of
3: teams like Tennessee.
2: Wouldn't that be top high on your list? Yeah,
3: I was going to say they only know one speed. They only play the game one way. Well, and they, they
2: lose two games somehow. Well,
3: I'm saying it's like they don't – it's not like when they have a lead, all of a sudden they're going to start running the ball, handing the ball off, waiting until the play clock gets down to three before snapping the football. It just seems like they run their offense in every situation, which means play action, Josh Allen, deep pass down the field. Like they constantly push the ball no matter what the situation is.
2: And – the old-school coaches that didn't do that, what would have been their warning of that? What would have been the reason they don't do? They didn't do that? You
1: can't control the clock.
2: Yeah, it, it increases the randomness. It, yep. like, there might be a small chance someone can come back on you, but they can't. But
1: the old-school coaches, once they got a 17-point lead, they would run the ball consistently and, and just grind, and grind it extend down to the nothing. Leads.
2: Like, so in a weird way, hasn't the Bills losing two games that – The Jets game was more competitive throughout, Mm -hmm. but the game against the Dolphins, Dolphins, when there was that big surge late, couldn't the case be made all along like the Atlanta Falcons in the Super Bowl against Brady, that maybe that hyper-aggressiveness, even with a big lead, ended up biting them in the butt?
3: Maybe. I mean, the the Bills won the stats in that game, so—
2: which reinforces the point they should have mm-hmm. won, but they instead of you know being, I guess with Philly, I like the I, they don't they seem like they haven't had a tough game, which they really haven't. The Dallas game was kind of competitive. Philly's
1: schedule makes them look a lot better. Like Buffalo's uh, played, the Jet,
2: like the Jets are any good? No, but
1: I mean the, the Bills have played the Titans, the Ravens, the yeah, Chiefs. Yeah, we're not deb- the...
2: we're done debating the Bills. I'm saying Philly. I mean we can debate if you want, but what I, I guess what I'm saying is. Philly hasn't had tough games, which makes it feel like they're not really stressed. And I get no. Uh, oh, se- I agree with that. I, it feels like they're they're in mop up duty the whole second half, almost every game. And
1: I feel like the expectations, like for the the Bills coming into the season with the way they the way they finished last season, and everyone talking about them being the Super Bowl favorites this season. I think they've been carrying that all season. They've- I think it's
2: more than that. I think no game matters until. I don't know. Until they win the Super Bowl? Because let's be honest, the first playoff game won't even matter. It's going to be when do they play Kansas City. Right? And then that You're game. Right. And it won't matter unless they win, meaning they could be up by 14, whatever. Josh Allen's going to be nervous wreck until he wins. It's I don't know how you play a whole season waiting for one moment that you've already shit the bet on multiple times. Yeah. And then even if you win that, if it go to the Super Bowl and lose, is that any good? I mean, it's good, but they, you think he'll be you satisfied? Did, they didn't
1: finish the job. Yeah, so I did, like the Bills do feel like Super Bowl or it's a or it's a, well, a, yeah, a disappointment. Well, like well,
2: Scott paid like five thousand dollars for him or
3: whatever in our pool. If do Eagles, it again. if the Eagles, really? you're,
2: you're as confident now as you were before the season.
3: Uh, it's Bills or Eagles. Okay. And I have them both. If the Eagles got oh, to the I Super forgot. Bowl and lost, would that be you a disappointment?
2: Eagles, <laughs> the pick before me. I remember.
1: If the Eagles lost in the Super Bowl, would the, the season be a disappointment? No. You, what if they went seventeen and zero?
2: Or sixteen and one and losing the Super Bowl. No, I think that's more accomplishment. Okay, I just think that the reason is last year, like literally last year, they were supposed to be tearing it down. Like they were supposed to be tanking almost. Are
1: the Bills the only team that, if anything short of winning the Super Bowl, it's a disappointment? For sure.
2: Are the
3: Chiefs not that? No, they got one. Yeah, that's true. So there's a meme going on on the internet around for the Philadelphia Eagles and their path to eight and zero, and beat the one and six Lions by three. Hold on, that's deceiving. Beat Kirk Cousins in primetime. Beat the Commanders. Beat Trevor Lawrence. (laughs) Beat the Cardinals without Hopkins. Beat Cooper Rush. Beat the Pittsburgh Steelers. And struggled against the Texans.
2: So winning by double digits is struggling (laughs) now? 98%
3: average chance to win.
2: That's what's going around the web. Wow. Let me say this. You know, that's interesting, McKenzie. We can look this up. Find, let's let's jerry rig it a little bit. find me the break point where if we look at Philly's win share in the fourth quarter, right which is a game control stat, pregame.com, is find me the interesting break point where they have like four above 94, five against you know like let's kind of give them the benefit of the doubt and we'll arbitrarily make the point we're going to be looking at based on like their next one you know where we get to that point we might not include one. does that make sense?
4: Yeah, like if they have seven that are 95 or yeah, higher. Exactly.
2: All right. And then we're going to say how many teams in the whole league have over a 95 how many times. And I bet the Eagles have maybe a third of them. Maybe yeah. a 25 twenty-five. So they've had more. No one cruises as the Eagles have been the most dominant team I've seen in years. Actually, if you think about cruising mm-hmm. and having no competitive games.
1: Well, you mentioned. I mean, you mentioned the the Eagles and the Raiders having four games with seventeen-point leads. The Bills are the other team that have had four. I games. think
2: Philly had more than that.
1: Oh, maybe they did. Okay, but I I think with the Raiders and back to the the pick that we're on. But I think the Eagles are the same way. We've talked about how the Eagles have kind of cruised and let teams back in. The Raiders well, they haven't
0: really
2: let him back in though. They let him where they're not down by twenty-eight. Right.
1: But the Raiders have those two teams have something in common opposite of Buffalo is they all run the ball late in games. The Raiders, everybody's been talking about, oh, Josh Jacobs, how how great of a, a season he's having. Well, maybe it's not a good thing. Maybe if they kept their foot on the gas, the Raiders wouldn't be blowing these leads. Because the Bills, every game that they've got up by seventeen, they've won.
2: Yeah, but they were up by seventeen against Miami. No. I think the biggest lead in that game was seven. Oh, that's not true. Was it? Let's see. Take a look at that. So we got it Yeah, McKenzie?
4: Eagles have five games with a 97-plus fourth-quarter win share. Let me get you the league-wide. All right. Yeah, no lead greater than seven in that game.
2: Well, then that kind of invalidates my point about them maybe paying a price for pressing it. But I also think psychologically you can only try hard so many—physically and psychologically—so many plays— I really like that. I mean, the teams that are businesslike when they dominate always seem to do better in the long run. It, like a team trying to make a statement by extending leads, I never really see those teams win as much, let's say, as it's a feeling. I don't know.
3: Daryl Moore, the former Rockets GM, used to always say, good teams don't win close games, they avoid them completely.
2: Yeah, I agree with that for sure. And But both Philly and... A Buffalo have done that. Just mm. one's done it with a lot less stress, yeah. it
1: seems. The, the year the Patriots went seventeen and zero, weren't they getting like massive margin on everybody?
2: Yeah, that was a That was like the fu year, Simmons. Yeah. This is pretty telling. The league, ha- so, so that includes the Eagles. Indeed, five? yes. Okay, so uh, there's thirty six times there's been a ninety seven percent win share or better in the fourth, you know, the fourth quarter win share. 36 times, five times it's
4: the Eagles. So the other 31 teams are averaging one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, I mean,
2: this is now, can you give me a, a, a count of the teams? Like, how who's got two, who's got three, or what? How many does the Bills have in that list?
1: So 14% of the games have been the Eagles.
4: Yeah. So one out of seven, effectively. So here are the teams with multiple. Bills have four, Cincy has three, KC has three. And Philly has five. That's it. So
2: that is a great. Uh, mm-hmm. You think that's the who. I mean, since he is better in EPA than people, it's shocking yeah. how good they are. But accepting that, that's the who's who of the league, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. Has to be.
2: But Philly has more. Yeah. Somehow, I, I think this Josh Allen injury. So, right. Uh, well, let's do this. Let's keep going. We'll, we'll, obviously, when we get to the Bills, we'll be game only for that. But the most confident pick so far, though. Let's see, let's be correct here, is no one had their best bet on that one, right? Nope. So it was the most confident pick, but no best bet yet, and that was the Raiders. Four weight for you, four weight for Scott on that game. I will say this, and yours was? Uh, Mine
1: was an unweighted game.
2: Unweighted game? We don't have unweighted It
1: was uh, Well, it was like my 11th game. Your five confidence. Yeah.
2: Why why are you struggling to give me that number? Because
1: I was trying to go the difference between our 54321 uh, and our new So here's the system. thing.
2: We will they other than our best bet now we're not going to explain it is 13 is we're going to say our best bet when we get to it. Then 12 is minus 1 which is 5 becomes 4. So we okay. we'll just stick on the 13 12 11 fair. Thing. All right. And, and I'm going to make a point to say confidence cuz that's different. Yep. Okay. Now that was as we said the Raiders. The one thing that worries me in that game quickly the line not moving i don't know how to explain it because i really believe this is a this should be a fade a saturday and especially the lack of play callers or whatever maybe people are just going blind by the once a coach is fired they usually do well that next bounce game back. it's
3: just also people watching how bad the raiders have looked the past two weeks and yeah. getting shut out except the
2: raiders were favored in jacksonville yeah,
3: yeah. blue is 17 point lead
2: so we went three, uh, we went three and two, on the Super Contest, Mackenzie. How how did our uh, did, did you uh, AJ? Did you do our best bets last week? Did we get an yes. update on that? Yeah, just when there's a chance to meander over, grab that. All right. So the number two confident pick, the second most confidence, and it doesn't have anyone's best bet either. The Pittsburgh Steelers. AJ, what did you have with Pittsburgh?
1: Uh, with Pittsburgh, it just. Boils down to
2: No, no I'm sorry, uh, what was your uh weight?
3: Oh, sorry, mine was a a tin weight, so So a ten confidence. confidence, yes. Now it's it's funny because if I had any other number, this would have been our most confident pick between the three of us. Because I rated this as a one confidence. Mm -hmm. The Raiders
1: were a 29 combined, so the Raiders did have a pretty big number. The the gap between the
3: Raiders and the Raiders. But you guys were both at 20 without me on this game. I made it a one. And mine was a
2: (laughs) a 10 confidence, so it adds up to 21. And as AJ said accurately, is the Raiders in that game added up to 29. So 29 confidence points, 21 confidence points here. This is the number two confidence And once again, we got two I'm tied. So, A.J., I'll go to you first.
1: Reinforcements are coming for these Steelers. Uh, T.J. Watt, back. The the defense, 29th in total defense, 20th in DVOA. They get T.J. Watt back. They get safety DeMonte Casey back for the first time this season. He's been on IR. Total defense
2: is by points or by by uh, yards?
1: Yards per play.
2: Okay. I've never heard someone call it total defense with yards per play. Okay. No, I'm not saying it's wrong. It's just I I think you'd want to clarify, but go ahead. I
1: apologize. No, no. The Steelers had seven sacks in that first game of the season with T.J. Watt on the field. Mm -hmm. Since then, they've had eight sacks. They've gone one and six in those games without T.J. Watt on the field. I think they get an instant boost, especially against a Saints team that just allowed four sacks to the Ravens. I, I've been. I don't believe the Saints are good. I like. I know every sharp was on the Saints last week, and I I just sat there scratching my head. I didn't understand it because this. It's not a. Compl- they're they're not a team. They don't have their people. They're just. They're not what they're what supposed does that mean? to be. They don't have their people. They don't have. They're missing their wide receivers. They're missing guys but on still, defense. But
2: right. I mean, I mean Michael Thomas hasn't been there for years effectively, and I would say they still have an. The Saints an above average. Uh, receiving core, wouldn't you say?
1: I mean, their, their receiving core this year has basically been Chris Olave because Jarvis Landry's been injured, Michael Thomas has been injured.
2: Like, it's, it's one guy. Here's what we know for sure. La- and just to be clear, I've got Pittsburgh as my 10 confidence. So 13, 12, 11, 10. So my fourth biggest or strongest pick. And I'm not, it's not a fate of the Saints for me. Because Andy Dalton, till last week, was playing really well. I, on our 3-2 and two week, one of our losers was Monday night. We had the Saints. A lot of sharps were on the Saints, no doubt. I think what we saw was we thought we saw the truth the week before because they were dominant. But what we saw was the aberration. That was the aberration, it looks like, not the losers, and I think they're out. of I mean, is it a dream crusher? Even
1: I think in that division, because I mean, Tampa's in first place. There's nobody good in that division. I don't. I don't think we can say they're out of it, but if it, it sure feels that way.
2: Yeah. I mean, I. I guess I don't know, Scott. What's your? Well, I guess I you had a low opinion. To, yeah. What, I mean, what, what, what was it that
3: kept you off of Pittsburgh? Clean. I just want to know part of this game. Uh, <laughs> what? 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 Has me on Pittsburgh. Like A.J. said, they are getting healthier. What has me concerned with Pittsburgh is I don't know how they're going to do after the bye here. and see,
2: see, that I actually – it's my main reason I like Pittsburgh. Yeah. Tomlin is – it seems like they're going to accept – I mean, he's not going to be, like, fighting tooth and nail, like, going insane because they're going to have a losing year, it looks like. But this is a statement game. And I don't think if if it wasn't, Watt wouldn't come back. They're all
3: dogs. I'd say it's a statement game. But there's a good trend for road favorites on short rest. Uh, So road favorites on short rest since 2016 are 57.7% ATS, 45-33-3. It's one of those trends where it's not putting me on the Saints – but it is backing me off the Steelers. So what
2: are we defining as short rest? Less than six days?
3: They played Monday Night Football. And now yeah.
2: They're, so, yeah. okay. Um, hmm. See, now that's counterintuitive, right? Usually short rest and the road don't go together. Right. Mm-hmm. And road favorites especially, it's an attention matter. Teams that are road favorites off a of bye are particularly good because the theory is they're rested and they're focused, right? You can't look ahead after you've been off. But
1: wouldn't you think a home dog off a of bye would be the same thing?
2: No, I mean, we don't have to speculate. We can, I mean, a home dog in theory should always be focused. Like, where focus helps you is when you might, like in the playoffs, big favorites do much better than the regular season because you got to focus. Yeah. Regular season, you may not. Road favorites is the time you're clearly better than a team, but when you're off the bye, you do better with it. That stat doesn't overly um, sway me, but to me, let's agree with the following. Would we agree that? T.J. Watt coming back, he's probably coming back as fast as he can. I mean, doesn't I don't get any sense he could have played two weeks ago. I agree. Mm-hmm. So he's coming back as fast as he can in a lost season. Whatever he brings in on the field, I think he's going to bring enthusiasm at least for one game.
3: Especially at home.
2: So, yeah. So to me, that's the main handicap. And I also think the Saints last week was a real, almost a must win. They're three and six. I mean, I'm not saying they can't come back, but I'm saying that was demoralizing. Andy Dalton. If you look at our pro football focus and QBR blend, 11th best quarterback in the league, but he looked bad, I mean, last week.
1: Yeah, he looked terrible. I mean, he was getting, he was under pressure the whole game, which probably has some, and that's why I think TJ Watt coming back Mm -hmm. is such a huge deal.
2: All right, so we've got uh, all three of us, though Scott at his lowest confidence, AJ and I both with tens. That's Pittsburgh, our second most confident pick overall. So, Scott, you had the trend road favorites on short rest. Mm -hmm. That's actually good on three days rest, four days rest. There was only three games, but five days rest also. So all of them are winners. Oh, look at this. So, Scott, this, this can be version two of your trend is here's the situation. Road favorite, as you said, short rest, which is either three, four, or five days of rest. The typical Sunday to Sunday is six days of rest, right? So less than that. And this is from 2012 on, but we had one other caveat. Can't be more than a touchdown favor. So makes up, sense. up to a touchdown, those teams are 61 and 34, five pushes. 61 and 34, five pushes. Wow. That is 64% against the spread.
3: That turn you off the Steelers? Kind of makes you want to go from 10 to 1.
2: No. No, it doesn't.
3: I wonder what happens when,
1: you, when, the, uh, when, the, steel, like, when the opponent has extra rest. Do you think that impacts it? I can
2: take a gander, but I'll tell you this. There's a second game that falls into that criteria. Give me $10, I'll tell you. Oh, <laughs> is The Falcons and the Panthers fall into that criteria. Any, but I guess any time you have a road...
3: Thursday night game. Yeah, yeah
2: favor yep. on Thursday night. But that brings up the interesting point. In that case, they'd both have the same rest. So let's take a gander at that. Okay, I think I got something here. Oh, check this out. We get rid of some games. If we say that you compare the rest of the team on short rest to the opponent, and if you say, okay, the opponent can have an edge, but it can't be more than two days of edge. So they can have two more days rest, but not three more days rest. It takes away some losers. We're now at 59 and 31, and that's an ATS margin of 4.4 4 points. Wow. So it's like almost like a teaser. Mm. <laughs> and – but you know what I just did? I just got rid of the Steelers. <laughs> Let's go. So the like trend it. is no longer applicable. Good job. <laughs> actually, that that actually does make me feel. I guess I didn't realize how much I didn't like that trend against me. But now it doesn't even exist.
1: Doesn't matter. Steelers got enough rest that it doesn't matter.
2: It kind of makes sense, though, doesn't it? The idea that that if one t- if both teams are short. It's gonna be pro you know the old saying, it's the Jimmy's and the Joes, not the axes and O's. Yes. But if one team's off the bind, the other team's short, now it is axes and O's yeah. for one team. Oh. I just saved you a loser there. Thank God you were only at a one way. Just at a one. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so just to be clear, those if it's more than two days advantage, it's two winners and three losers. But the ATS margin of those games were was less than two points each way for both subsets and yeah i feel better (laughs) moving on our third most popular pick and that is oh i see it it's my best bet so what we're saying here is my best bet is the one with the most confidence that there's a best bet in it
1: yes because so it's I'm, also my second it's, best bet.
2: It's not about you, though, oh. is
1: it? My well, it's th- about our conglomerate.
2: My 13-weight – well, no. For now, it's about me for about 10 more seconds. Okay. My 13-weight – now Is the Seattle Seahawks plus two and a half. I think AJ had a pick here. AJ, it is also
1: my – No it, one cares! It, oh,
2: It doesn't matter what your weight is, jabroni. <laughs> what is it? Uh,
1: it? It's my 12 confidence, so my second highest-weighted pick. But, but Scott s- is cross-firing us.
2: Somehow – if he only was on board, if he only wasn't trying to get attention with his deviance, who knows what that leads to on the weekends? <laughs> what do you got here? A four on Tampa Bay. Let's let you make the case first.
3: There's only one oh, case. Oh, he's, he's to be starting made. to talk slow here. There's There's that, that's a sign. And he uses his hands. It's only one case. <laughs> it's I'm concerned about the travel. Uh, this game's in Germany, and the Seahawks. Oh, are, you don't
2: know this. You don't know they're going over the North Pole.
3: They're, oh, yeah, oh. Uh-huh. Oh. exactly. This is just the third time. Well, that's true. Actually. Is it really? Yeah. This is the third time that a team is traveling from uh Mountain North Pacific going over to Europe. It's going to be this a 5,200 mile trip for the Seahawks. All right, but so it let's won't be. let's start yeah. this.
2: Mackenzie, can you look up the number? I mean, don't look up the globe thing. Look up to get the reporting on it. Got it. If only Scott had done that, he we would have been unanimous on this. We're
3: just put him on ice. Well, I've, I've favorites in international games. You just said are 20, one, you just said I got one handicap here. We just invalidated in, it. favorites in international series are twenty three and fourteen. ATS. What about
2: false favorites?
3: They
1: could be a false favorite <laughs> here. I'm gonna go back. Listen, Seattle was my five. weight last week. I love them again. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Seattle, I think—
2: That's not good advice at all. I really think
1: Seattle's just as good, if not a better team, than the Bucs right now.
2: That I agree with. But it isn't just because you won last week. You want to play with it. Okay. They've now won four straight
1: games all by double digits. DVOA says they're a better team. PFF says they're a better team. The Bucs haven't had a clean win since week two against New Orleans. Those first two wins— And
2: and that was tied in the the fourth quarter.
1: Those two wins against Dallas and the Saints— the first two wins of the season, the offense scored two total touchdowns. Since then, they're two and five with a bailout penalty call, saving them against Atlanta in a miracle drive/slash bonehead drive, I guess, depending on your POV in the Rams game. It, the Bucs can't create pressure without Shaq Barrett on the field. I think Gino out for the season, right? I think Gino yes, out for the season. I think Gino plays well. The way to beat Gino, put him under pressure. Mm. The Bucs can't do it now. In four games away from home this year, the Bucks have scored a total of three touchdowns. PFF puts the Bucks' offense sandwiched right between the Chicago Bears and the Houston Texans.
2: Well, the Bears, obviously, lately have been really good, but on the season. Season long. So what's the rate? What's the rating? 22. Okay. That's not so bad. I, I agree that uh, Seattle is the better team right now. I also think it's the better spot because as much as remember the Seinfeld where Costanza wanted to get back with a girl. I don't think it was Susan, maybe it was Susan. And he says, he goes, I just want to be walking up those steps again into our apartment. And then Jerry's like, You used to hate going up those steps. He goes, I know, but I wanna, you know. And then at the end of the episode, he's walking in the steps. You see the look on his face, like, what have I gotten myself back into? <laughs> I think the Brady was, and everyone was celebrating, and rightfully so. It was a nice win, you know. But then they're like, "Oh my God, we're we're not going to win that." You know, the Super Bowl doesn't seem likely. Hmm. Now we got to go to Germany, and not even get to fly over the North Pole. (laughs) I mean, do we get that confirmation yet, McKenzie?
4: Ten and a half hour flight is the only information I got. So okay, so so
2: here's the question: See how long it is for Tampa.
3: This gotcha. is the information that I got. The Seahawks are leaving on Wednesday, mm-hmm. but because of the time difference in the flight, it's going to be midday Thursday when they arrive.
2: Yeah, but that's the international timeline. So line.
3: they're losing a day of preparation.
2: But, a, but so is Tampa Bay. <laughs> this is like reminds me of the old uh, Speed Racer, like this the 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 uh, cartoon from like the sixties. There was one Go, th- speed racer, go. Did you do an edible or something?
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: no, I wish. No, so he... But here's what happened. One time, the little kid that was the... I can't remember the kid's name, right? He wanted to race in a race in Japan, and it was like 16 and over, or like 12 and over, and he was one day away. Then at the end of the episode, so they say, you know, we passed the international date line. It's tomorrow. <laughs> and they were all celebrating, and he got the race, and then he died in the race. No, <laughs> but... <laughs> There was a terrible yeah. crash. Like <laughs> a dark it. turn. And they said, "Well, wait till tomorrow. It won't be." Damn, yeah, I don't know. But anyway, <laughs> the fact of the matter—wait, was it me taking the edible? No. <laughs> the fact of the matter is, I think what we're going to find out is it's about 90 more minutes the Seattle flight, and that's the only distinction. And if that—that's what I heard. It's 10, a 10-hour 10 flight versus what? Ten and a half,
3: 60-minute so, difference. So you're. Th- 30 minutes. Thanks, McKenzie.
2: <laughs> 30 minutes of difference, Scott. How many points is That's that worth?
3: That's just it's a lot of high knees in the aisle. <laughs> I <don't
2: know>. So <laughs> this is the difference between an M- NFL acts. Oh, my God. No. I
1: was going to say, the, the other thing to consider is if the Bucks had lost that game to the Rams, that would have been five straight losses. It would have been or four straight losses it would have been six out of seven. Would people have thrown them in the trash the way they did the Packers? I and, think so. I and think so, so that that one drive says, yeah. "Well, everything's okay." I can't. I don't believe
2: that. I can't. I really, you know, I don't officially do a make a line or guess the line segment, but in this one, I was curious. I thought, man, the most benefit they could give Tampa is pick them here. So to me, I think that that we're, we could only get this value if they won. But I think Tampa winning, there's going to be a sense of now we got to go to Germany and play a tough team. And they're tired. They've had, I mean, from that, if you think from that Pittsburgh game on, it's been drudgery. They play the Thursday night game. Think about it. It took them having 10 days rest and it took them 59 minutes to get going. I don't think this opens them up now to like, oh, now they're rolling. I think it's
1: been even since before that Pittsburgh game. Because remember that Falcons game, they were down to the wire the week before the Steelers game. And before that, they're getting they're in a, a track meet with the Chiefs.
3: Before- I'm just going to play conspiracy theorists here. The NFL is playing this game in Germany. They're trying to attract an audience. The refs are going to call some BS flags on the Seahawks and not let them touch Tom Brady. Brady's the star of this game. He's going to be the face that everyone's marketing there in Munich. They're not going to let Brady lose this game.
2: Hmm. See, I don't know. I think in a weird way, the NFL loves parity. I don't think they're going to let him get hit a bunch. They never do, right? I mean, no quarterback gets banged up now, except, you know, Big Ben a couple years ago. Yeah, they kept hitting him. It didn't seem to matter. Cam but... Newton
1: dead on the field. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <Don't>
2: <laughs> Incidental lag. contact. Yeah. Toughen up, buttercup. <laughs> but but the, the fact is, I think that the league loves parody. And let's be honest, Seattle is a hell of a story. When they originally did this game, it was like, oh, Seahawks, they're going to be one of the three worst teams against one of the best teams. Now it's like a good competitive game. I, I think, in general, and think of what Seattle's feeling right now. They're excited. It's like going on a class trip. And like when we, where I grew up, You went to Washington, D.C. your sixth grade year. That was your class trip. And it was the first time most kids, other than that, their buddies would stay overnight. Like, first time I was ever out of the city, you know, where I grew up overnight. It was, I remember in fourth grade we were talking about, imagine when we go to Washington, D.C. Seattle feels that for this. They're excited. They're getting attention. Brady's like, he just wants, who knows what he's doing. He might want to dye his hair, whatever he's not doing on the
3: road. I think Brady's excited. He might have some, like, procedure, like, that they they only do in Germany. (laughs) Oh,
2: the blood clot. Oh, the red blood transfusion thing. If you can get confirmation on that, I'm going to pass this game. Um, If we look at this after. Seven, his cheeks shaved then (laughs) After week three, his cheeks shaved.
3: What's that? (laughs) I'm just, that's what some. I think that's what trans
2: trans people do. (laughs) Not not just people trying to fight aging. I don't think they shave their cheeks. All right. (laughs) His jawline looks a little too manly. All right, after week three, Seattle was one and two. They were 45 to one to win the NFC West. Now they're plus 150. So what's San Fran? Minus
4: 135.
2: Who do you like there?
4: I'm, I'm more skeptical than the market on San Fran for a rare change. Why is that? I just haven't seen that much change. They're four and four and they're minus 400 to make the playoffs. So that makes me nervous. I agree. Last year they started slow too, right? What were they? Three and five? They were two and four at one point. Yeah, those three and five also. I think Seattle's the
2: better team. I think it's a better spot for them. I think Pete Carroll, if if this was a young team without a real coach with Gravitas, maybe the trip bothers him, but Pete Carroll's got this team rolling. The, here's one of the great debates in the NFL. There's only 17 games. You gotta count all of them if you want sample size. But is Seattle the same offense that they, or check that the same defense they were five, six games ago? Last four games, they have one of the top defenses in the NFL, and they have a very young defense. So there's a ration. Remember now, there's like what four or five drafted players playing amongst the 22 drafted this year, rookies. I guess is the way to say it. What other team has four or
3: five rookies? The Jets. Uh, They got four or five rookies starting. Well, Sauce Gardner, Wilson. Uh, yeah, I mean, Wilson. Before Brees Hall got hurt, they did. But even Gardner and Wilson and uh, what's his face on defense, the defensive end? So.
2: Wilson, the receiver?
3: Yeah. Okay. So
2: here's the thing that meets the criteria, too. A team that started slow, mm-hmm. that surge. Like, if you're playing rookies, you're going to get better as the year progresses. Where if you're not playing older players like Tampa now, it's not that far in the year, but this is a long trip. You get fatigued as the year progresses.
1: You know the same the same five week span that you were talking about Seattle. Who by the in that five weeks they're the second best defense per
2: DVOA. Take a look at four too when you're done with what you're going to say.
1: Okay, the Bucks in that same time frame, 24th DVOA. All
2: right, so we're talking defense here or
1: defensive na- DVOA.
2: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, Do
1: you want just the last four weeks? Yeah, I
2: just, I'm interested. I think they'll be even better. So, if you really think about it, Seattle's had a top five or seven offense the whole year. If they truly have a top five defense now, and again, it's a short sample, this is the third best team in football. I mean, you could make the case. I mean, it's not crazy to say Seattle's the second best team in the NFC behind Philly. I mean, you just, you just got to say they're better than Dallas, which mm-hmm. I think is a stretch right now. But, and then San Fran. I mean, everyone's got him at least fourth in the NFC. It's hard. I mean, Minnesota is the question. Yeah. The
1: The numbers I gave were actually the last four weeks. So the the fifth week was, I I just counted up to week 10
2: wrong. It's easy. It's easy to. Slice and dice things. But when there's a young team and they made some changes where I guess strategically, I feel like Seattle is on a mission right now. I think they're good. I think they love rubbing it in Russ's face. <laughs> I bet there won't be one high knee over the North Pole. I I think this is, to be honest with you, this is probably, now this is going to jinx me. This is probably my best game of the year. Ooh. Because, I, I I get scared when the line is wrong if I don't fully understand why. I fully understand why. Tom Brady just won, and no one or, – or the public doesn't believe in Seattle yet. I think we're a little er- – we're not early on Seattle, but we're ahead of the public, and we're ahead of the public seeing saying Tampa's not near as good as they even seem. I don't know how they even seem any good.
1: If Tampa lost that game last week, what do you think the line is,
2: pick? <sighs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe Seattle I, – I, Listen, this feels like a game that's going to get hit because I think they're waiting for threes. And I've seen threes flash. You know, I, I, to me, I gobble up the three here with the biggest smile. At three, this is my best game of the year. Plus three minus 120. Uh, see, that's halfway in between. I'm going to wait. I'm going I'm I'm to wait it out.
1: Bet online has a plus three minus one fifteen. It's getting there. Yeah, it's. I
2: uh, just give me three flat, baby. Any so it seems like you've kind of submitted on this one.
0: I mean, I wouldn't
3: bet it, but in this practice of labeling games, it's a four. It's not a not a, not a strong feel for me.
2: Listen, when he was excited about his pick, he goes, if I would have just went over a one, here he goes, in this practice, which I don't necessarily agree <laughs> with. One down, I mean,
3: I'm a Fez here.
2: I, wouldn't, <laughs> oh, that's a good I point. wouldn't bet any of these. But that's why we're doing all these yeah. four picks without Fez. <laughs> okay, well, I got to say, I feel good that even with a dissenter, I still had the highest best bet of, of net confidence. We're going to see who has the second highest. That's going to be fascinating. Now, pick number four is all of us is on the same game, and it is the Buffalo Bills. The highest is Scott. You've got a 10 confidence.
3: I do. Go I with have, it, baby. All right. 10 confidence on the Buffalo Bills being is that, yes, the Josh Allen thing is the the, 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 the biggest, obviously, factor. But we've talked about it before. I know. Yeah, but we talked about it before. Case Keenum, arguably one of the best backups in the NFL, and if he has to play this game, I think is capable of running this offense efficiently enough that they can win this football game. They are at home, which gives them an advantage, and I just don't agree with the the flip-the-script model that I like to do every week where if we take away Buffalo being home – and all things equal. Right now, we think Josh Allen might play, but let's just assume he doesn't play. We'll, we'll, do, we'll go the ex- extreme situation here. So it's Case Keenum at quarterback. Buffalo minus three and a half. If this game was in Minnesota, would we say Minnesota would be a two and a half point favorite over the Buffalo Bills? I don't think so. I,
1: but I I, could, I also think that this everything about this game, the number you could say could be this, could be this, depends on Josh Allen playing.
3: If Josh Allen plays, three and a half is a gift. I, I agreed. And e- even if it's a, a less than 50% Josh Allen, I still think they're good enough to win this game. If it's Case Keenum, they're good enough to win this game. You look at the Bills' numbers across everything, whether it's defense, offense, the DVOA metrics, this is – uh. A, one of the more, more complete teams in the NFL. And we've talked about, you know, luck factors. Or we've talked about uh, maybe, um, you know, should this team getting outstated every single week. Like Minnesota seems like they're not as good as their record is. And Buffalo, we know who Buffalo is. I think at home, I'll gladly take this number with the Buffalo Bills.
1: Yeah, this is my least confident play. But it just feels like... And is it only because of Josh Allen? All because of Josh Allen. It, it, because if Josh Allen doesn't play, I, I think the line's probably right. Uh, I I, th- I wouldn't bet... There's no way I'm going to bet the Vikings plus three and a half here. Because if Josh Allen plays, you you've, you might as well burn your ticket. You're not going to win that. If he doesn't play, it's, it's a coin flip to me. So uh, I think if Josh Allen's announced out, this line goes below three... And if he plays, it's not enough. So that's why this was my lowest confidence weight.
2: So Fez projected three without Josh Allen. To me, that's the main reason, meaning I agree with him, and that's the main reason I like this game, which is it doesn't feel like it's 90% he's going to miss. I agree.
1: But the the market's acting like it is, going from 9.5 to 3.5.
2: I mean, to me, that's the mispricing you know, at its core. Um, And I also think that whenever a player, especially if it's a big player, is out for a game, the team that first game rises up, typically. Yeah. So if it's three, four games in a row, they can't keep that intensity. But I think here the intensity is going to be on the Bills' side, even if Allen's out. That isn't what I want. But if that's the worst situation, yeah, we're doing all right. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'll
3: and tell you what, I might have a prop on this game. All right, hit us. Naeem Hines. His first game was last week. Uh, from the trade, right? So he plays against the Jets. He barely doesn't even, you know, doesn't really see the field. Now that he's going to get involved in the offense, practicing all week with Josh Allen banged up and a backup quarterback in-, in case Keenum, backup quarterbacks might have more of a tendency to go to their bailout options, which could be the running back coming out of the backfield. Give me Naeem Hines receiving yards over.
2: So what's the current number? And should we wait to see if Allen plays
3: or not? I even think if Allen plays, he's going to – Naeem Hines is going to have a – because, like I said, he'll be more involved in the offense now, having a week-plus being there after the trade. Uh, Let's see if we can get receiving yards. No, there's no prop-ups on the bill. So
2: here's my thought, is if if Allen plays, if you can bet this before we know for sure if he will or he won't, Mm -hmm. they're going to deflate these numbers if they don't think Allen's going to play. So if he plays, you're going to have the better quarterback at the deflated number. And if he doesn't play – your rationale is even more applicable mm-hmm. the dump down so it yeah. seems like you got both covered All right. minnesota is the third luckiest team if you look at the raw number of wins versus their fourth quarter game control the win share in the fourth quarter now unfortunately for scott he doesn't like this the luckiest team the giants they won two point they've won 2.3 more games than they should have based upon the numbers jets second luckiest 2.1 Wins more than they should have. Minnesota third, one point eight. So this, but I think the market knows this is an over. I mean, the market's got Minnesota not rated all that high. By the way, if Minnesota is good, it makes Philly look even better. Yeah, sure. Dominated them.
3: But like like I was saying before, and RJ, what would your opinion be if it was Case Keenum as the starter, Mm -hmm. and this game was in Minnesota? Okay. And the Vikings were two and a half point favorites.
2: All right, so let's think of Fez's three on this game, which I think it's either two and a half or three. So let's call it three for a second. Now Minnesota has one of the better home fields in the league, sure. so let's do a five. And, in Case in Kingdom, Buffalo,
3: Case Kingdom knows that stadium well. Uh,
2: <laughs> Buffalo, Buffalo actually has a good home field too. So Very I'm going yeah. to do a f- uh, do a full three. No, no, no. I'll do five points for the swing. So two and a half, two and a half. Let's say, or generally, okay. All right, so five. So that now we're going off a three, but okay. So that would go to Minnesota being a two point. Favorite, so you were saying what two and a half, yeah. I think that'd be right.
3: So, you would bet Minnesota as a two and a half point favorite over no, Buffalo? No,
2: no, I, if anything, I would think the line should be two, so I would lean Buffalo there. So, but
3: I'm saying that's what the line is telling us right now,
2: but there's a three a chance, and a half, there's a chance Josh Allen's going to play,
3: and that three and a half is a gift. Then, if Josh Allen's playing, and thus it's one of my big <laughs> yes. picks. yeah. I,
2: and just to be clear, no, I agree, it's, I think you're thinking it through. Now that I see what you're thinking through, I think
3: you're thinking it through the right way. Um like I like the three and a half even with Case Keenum. And no, no, with Josh no. Allen, it's a gift. Yeah. With Case Keenum, I'm not anxious
2: to lay three and a half. I,
1: I think with Case Keenum, it's it it's almost like a coin flip. And you it, mean if, like
2: the game should be pick them?
1: No, no, no. I'm saying at three I think that it's probably lined about right.
2: So it, you're saying it's a free roll. Yeah. Well, I, let's be let, let's start for a second. If Fez says it should be three If he doesn't play, and I think it should be two and a half. It's probably not going to be three and a half. So three and three and a half are a big difference. So I think I think this is where. Let's just say this: if we knew Keenan was playing, I wouldn't lay three and a half. Would you? No. So well, that's 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 why this is my one. But but to me, if you think that even Josh Allen has a thirty percent chance to play, and you think it'll be fairly okay if he plays. And I think it is almost a free roll. I think there is a net negative, or not net negative, there's a negative if he doesn't play, but there's a big positive if he does. And it equals itself you know, out and more, I think, to our advantage here. Asymmetric. I agree with that, actually. Um, it's not about line moves in this case. It's about the, if, the possibility of Allen playing or not. And this is really, if you think about it, when, when I went to finance, <clears throat> finance school, they at high state i guess not finance school but finance degree so what we studied oftentimes was uncertain mergers cuz it was a it was a mathematical formula that was pretty simple so let's say that a, uh, someone does an offer for a stock at $60 a share it's currently 50 now what's the chance of the merger going through if it were 100% the stock would go to 60 immediately cuz it's now worth 60 someone's paying 60 if there was a 0%, it would say a 50 Hey, some crazy person said they want to do a merger. But usually it's going to be in between. So merger arbitrage is something there's been billions of dollars made where people would try to predict, like we predict games. What's the chance of this merger going through? So let's say the market thinks it's 50%. The stock would be at 55 exactly in between the two points. 50% chance. So there's $5 of value in that bid because there's a 50% chance you're going to gain $10 of value. This is exactly what this is. What's the line if Allen plays? What's the line if he doesn't? What's the chance of him playing? If you give me those three things, we can figure out right away. Right. What, and to me, I think Allen's chance of playing is probably 50%. It feels like... Do you, Is there anything that objectively makes you think I'm wrong about no. it? No. And... Let's dismiss for simplification purposes that he could be less than 100%, because I do think he could if he uh, plays. Yeah,
1: I agree. I was going to say, I, it feels like this is one of the games where when you put the picks in, you're going to have so much more information than you do now that this will, on one side or the other, almost be an autoplay, right? Well, the
2: question is, if it goes to three, almost, yeah, I mean, it's probably the fit. You know, I don't like yeah, let's just say you're right, information. But you won't be able to—in a contest, you can beat it, but you're not going to be able to beat it live because that's what these right. guys do for a living. But I do think it's interesting. If we accept the look-ahead line was accurate, and let's just say it would be—I mean, Buffalo still didn't look good last week. Nope. So let's say that line goes from 9.5 to eight 8.5, let's say, because um, that was what the world opener was after the game. So that's fair. 8.5— If we assume the line goes to even 7 if Josh Allen's announced, let's say because they think he's not going to be 100%, if there's a 50% chance the game should be 7 and a 50% chance it should be 3 and you're at 3.5, that's a good bet. Yeah. Right? So that is the thought process. Any closing thoughts?
3: Well, if only there was a daily podcast that you could have listened (laughs) to on Monday morning that suggested betting the Vikings at plus 8.5. And And what Hmm. was the
2: rationale?
3: That the potential for a Josh Allen injury. Wow. So what ESPN show was this? No, that, that <laughs> that's, was it. That's pretty clever. But it, no it was pregame.com it, it, straight, out of, yeah, Vegas, straight out of Vegas AM. Straight out of Vegas A.M. Wow. When's They'll, that come, when's that come out? Oh, every morning at five, uh four forty five AM Eastern time. Oh, so the Wall Street guys that Anybody coming. that wakes up on the East Coast you know, they they get it in the morning. Even criminals? Everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Would have you it? listen to podcasts in prison? But all sure criminals all are have. in
2: prison. Boy, you're a Pollyanna. Oh! <laughs>
3: <laughs> On Monday morning's episode, there was a conversation about the potential for a Josh Allen injury. The suggestion was to possibly bet the Vikings at plus eight and a half. Was that the suggestion? Possibly bet them, or was it better <laughs> to then buy into it, out of it, and Damn. manipulate yourself and?
2: Movers and shakers. These guys. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm impressed. AJ, did, we, did you listen to that show? I, I,
1: <laughs> I have I, I think I missed that episode. Actually, I
2: think this. I think this might be the theme. Let's see. Oh, let's see if we got the theme here. I got
3: seventy-five. We give eighty. <laughs> seventy-five. No 70, 80s. Eighty. 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 That's nice
1: that's exactly how it sounded.
2: It, it was like, you might like it at but the three and a half, arbitrage. Eight and, got, and a half, now eight and a half, going down real quick. Hey, going to be eight and a half for long. Get in there while you can. Boy, he had to do it better than me, didn't he? God, sorry. I mean, <laughs>
1: eight and a half.
2: And now he's getting more attention. <laughs> so you, you have a show five days a week. I know, I, you're right. I mean, settle we down. We invite you on sometimes. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I did. I did. a. I thought my. Oh, you did. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Straight out of Vegas, am I will say, fastest growing show. Within five miles of the strip, easy. But all joke, <laughs> all joking aside, it's it, it's been a grassroots to me. I always like when your fans are passionate about what you're doing because it energizes you, no doubt. And you guys We've got great feedback. Yeah, it's been fun. I and and I think the, I don't want to necessarily take credit for seeing the the before you guys could see it the repartee that you would have, but I I will. I mean, (laughs) the
1: the puppet master.
2: (laughs) No, no, no. No, I'm hands off, man. I'm hands off. All right. But again, it's putting the talented people together. And I'm excited about it. Just don't screw up that name because that's a good brand. Yes, sir. All right. (laughs) So far, it's been really good. You've improved it. Fifth or or added to it, the fifth most confident pick. So let's go down quickly through the confident picks so far. Number one. Las Vegas Raiders. Number two, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Number three, the Seattle Seahawks. Number four, the arbitrage on the Bills. <laughs> Number five. Now, will someone else have their best bet? No. No. This is wild. Chicago Bears, the fifth most confident pick. But no one had over a six confidence. But we all had, RJ, that's me, had a six AJ had a 4, Scott had a 6. That adds up to, let me see, 12, 13, 14, 16. See, I was counting with my that's fingers. Strong. 16. It's weird that you've thi- got
1: 8 on each hand. It's kind of gross actually.
2: Well, that's a prosthetic. <laughs> but 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 I got a 6 and Scott has a 6. So who's higher? Scott, you go ahead.
3: Thank you for the uh opportunity. Uh this is a fate of the Lions. Uh, the Lions and it's not just a fate of the Lions. It's actually I've been very negative on the Bears, and I was negative on the Bears because of them trading away two of their better defensive players and thinking that a defensive-minded head coach is going to be very bothered by it. But we just saw Justin Fields absolutely ball out, right? It, but couldn't we make the case that Bears' defense
2: didn't play well? That's the side of the ball, though. But go
3: ahead. Well, I, I like the over in this game yeah. <laughs> between both of these teams. Uh, but we just saw Justin Fields play one of his best games uh, at quarterback, especially obviously running, breaking Michael Vick's record by rushing rushing for a quarterback. This Lions defense is trash. And I just I am more confident in the Bears defense, even with their losses, being able to come up with stops against the Lions than I am with this Lions defense being able to come up with stops against the Bears.
2: This game's in Chicago, lines two and a half. So saying the Bears are slightly better, but still below the key of three. AJ, what you got?
1: I'm with Scott. I prefer the over. These are both two bad defenses. Over the last three weeks, the Lions are allowing 6.2 yards per play. That's good for 29th in the league. The Bears, 6.8 yards per play. That's good for 32nd in the league. But one of these offenses has been playing really well. One has not. Detroit has not been great offensively. It feels like Justin Fields has unlocked a new level. Really what this came down to for me is the Bears have won seven out of the eight in this matchup, five out of the last eight ATS. The Bears have really kind of just dominated the Lions. So in a game that I felt kind of close on, I was on the right side of the three, uh, the recent history points to the Bears. That's why I
3: landed on them. This is only Justin Fields' third career game as a favorite. He's 2-0 and straight up in the first two, but just 1-1 ATS.
2: So – I don't I question you talking about the the trends between the teams. You got because of coaches. Coaches and you got a, a new coach in Chicago, a 2-year-old, you know, a coach with one extra year in Detroit, so not much there. Plus, they just changed the offense so much. It's a different offense. Yeah. I don't think it's about another level. I think it's they're playing a different style game. Design runs. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he's had almost as many design runs in these handful of games as he had the first sixteen games of his career. The, the you know starting meaning. So like all the way up till this change in the Patriots Monday night game, he had a a little bit more or a little bit more number of design runs. Is that the way I say it? it um, than he did in the whole six in just these handful of games versus the last sixteen prior. So this is a sea change. For Chicago, it's been very effective. The optimism I've heard from people on this is shocking. I said it during the recap show that I did solo, which was, he's running as well as anyone. It's amazing, Justin Fields. But his passing should be opened up now. They're having to sell out to start the run. Think, and it's not happening. Mm -hmm. Now, can it? Maybe. You know, what uh, Foxworth was saying on ESPN was this buys him time to develop into a passer, which is valid. I agree with that.
3: And I think another, like, a full week now with Claypool is going to help. Yeah, yeah. But I
2: I, I think we're talking multiple years in theory for him to be uh, even an above-average NFL passer. Who knows? But we don't need to worry about longevity here. It's one game, right? He could get hurt. Now, what I'm interested in in this game is if you like the over, which I see the point Let me pose a question to YouTube, the straight-out-of-Vegas crew, AM. How many touchdowns does Detroit have in the second half, the last four games? I bet you don't know. Zero? One. Mm. No field goals, one touchdown, no safety, Seven points scored in eight quarters. That's two games.
3: I would go Bears team total. Or well, I'm first saying first half. half.
2: I think mm-hmm. first half over. Yeah, yeah.
1: And what you say all the time is if you, it, the, while the Lions are in division with the Bears, they still haven't seen Justin Fields a lot. So the first couple times you see a running quarterback like this, it's more difficult to stop it. So it's not like the Ravens and the Steelers where the Steelers have seen Lamar Jackson it, you know, 10 times. This is still new to the Lions trying to, f- trying to solve the Justin Fields puzzle, especially because the Justin
3: Fields puzzle itself is kind of new. So here's a bet I would make. It's heavily juiced, though, which makes sense. Bears t- over two and a half touchdowns. It's minus 175. Why, but why that over, over points? Because their team total is 25 and a half. I think that, mm. What if they get to 24. Well, that's a good 23. Point. And they
2: you're saying it's right above a key number. Yeah. Another thing, the Bears since they went to this offense have been very efficient in the red zone.
1: And and both defenses bottom quarter of the league in red
2: zone defense. From what? Uh, what, what numbers are you quoting? Uh
1: or, or um just red like red zone uh scoring. Okay, they're both in the bottom bottom 8 in the league.
2: Now let's talk about the half splits and everything. Chicago much worse in the first half. All right, so on the season they are down 5 point almost 6 points a game in the first half. Detroit is actually winning in the first half by one point on the season. Now it flips in the second half. Chicago is up almost a field goal in the second half of all these games. And we're talking about the whole season now. Detroit's down almost a touchdown.
3: Makes sense. Those numbers for Chicago would actually improve because... But but in theory, uh,
2: they're going to improve in lockstep with the pass. There's no guarantee of that.
3: Running quarterback better against a tired defense. In the second half, which would
2: accentuate the fact they're better in the second half. Yes, that's what yeah. I'm saying.
3: And I think those numbers would, are going to increase. They're going to mm-hmm. continue to be good in the second half. Well,
1: it almost kind of makes sense because you think of the the Bears as the more physical offense, the Lions as the more the less physical offense. Mm-hmm. I guess the right way to say it. So the less physical offense has success early, the more physical one has more success. Late. I think
2: that's some. Of, I think scripted plays are some of it. Yeah. Half times adjustments are some of it. You know, uh, there's certain teams that just do well in the third quarter, but this. So to me, if you like the Bears. Look, second half, you know, but I do think the scoring and we're getting the scoring numbers now. Um, I know for a fact that Detroit's scoring horribly in the second half, but to mm-hmm. me, if you got a Bears team that's rolling, you got a Detroit team in four second halves, they scored a total of seven points. I like uh, Chicago in the second half, and you can bet that at DraftKings, yep. you know, right now. Um you want to you want to pull up that line? I got it right
3: here. What is it? uh half times for this game? Yeah, second yeah. second half. Okay. So second f- half is Bears minus 1. Okay. And it's plus 110. So now think so about minus that. 115 on the money line Bears.
2: They're so minus 115 oh on the money
3: line. Yeah, for the second half, yeah.
2: Oh wow. So that we feels could, like a good deal. That feels really good. Minus 115 at even. So if they tie in the second half, it's a push. Correct. Yeah. Oh, I like that. I'm endorsing that right there. I like that. Wow. that That's even a good line just because of the mechanics of it. If you're two and a half for the game,
3: I get that the default would be you'd be minus you know minus one, minus one in both halves. No, they're minus two and a half for the first half, minus one for the second
2: half. That's counterintuitive. I mean, it certainly goes against the numbers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Wow. All right. Well, I'm betting that. So even money... Or, I'm sorry. Uh, even uh, spread, so it's a money line effectively, and it's minus one. Tw-
3: minus minus one fifteen. Bears second half.
2: That doesn't make sense. I mean, the, the, somehow they're they're favoring them. And in... Detroit's horrible. And the... this is actually a really good bet. Wow, because you think about it, it's You're taking no- my
3: car or yours to Arizona.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you think about it, it's not often that you have a situation where both teams have a propensity to one half or the other. And this one is Detroit has a negative propensity. Chicago is positive in the
3: second half. The only better situation would be if the Eagles were playing the Colts, and then because then we can go Eagles first half.
2: But that would get, <laughs> that would get so much conversation. In a way, I think Fields' surge lately has it people distracted from these splits.
1: Mm-hmm. I think so too.
2: Mackenzie, did we get the uh, combined points?
4: Yeah. Do you want each team combined in the first half, or their own scoring in the first half and second half? I got both of those. I want
2: when when you were trying to figure out how a team does in the first half, what you want to know is how they score and how they yield, and how the other team scores and the other team yields. So there should be four values to consider. It's both how each team does on offense and defense in the first half.
4: Does that make sense? Yeah. Let me just get their opponent. All
2: right. You know, I got it here. You know, actually, I've got two numbers here. That are more important. So what I got is the first quarter scoring number, is it plus or minus in the second half? Or the plus is better in the first half. Minus is better in the second half. Bears are plus 10. or I'm sorry, the Bears are plus five and a half points per game. That's number 11.
1: No, when you say that, you mean their games score five and a half more points than the average?
2: No, five and a half points more in the first half than the second
1: half. Oh, okay, okay.
2: So the Bears, for example, in the first half, and Mackenzie, you can confirm what you've got. uh, Bear with me a second. (laughs) Bears. Um, Is first half points, I've got the Bears at... All right, I got the Raiders. All right, Bears. I got the Bears at... um, Combined now. This is both you know what they give up and what they uh, get themselves twenty five point one points, and that split is uh, total point. Yeah, first half point. I got twenty five one, and in the second half I've got nineteen seven. So it's five point five points different.
4: I, you... I was close and slightly
2: off on both of those. Well, I'm I'm just going by um. I'm going—this but is a sports database calls so, or a killer, you know, whatever call, So, which is complicated, but I got it now. Um, how much are you off, or how much are you different? Uh, like a point each. Okay. Less than a point each. Yeah. So, um, all right, so what we're saying here is that the Bears are the 11th most first-half team. Okay? Now, the question is, where's the Lions? Well, the Lions—okay, so— consolidating this all down into where does it these teams rank in first half scoring versus second half scoring bears are the 11th highest relative first half second half scoring in the first half so a little better than average scoring in the first half but this is the whole season not because let's be candid the physical helps a team running the ball so much later but the trickery of it that never having dealt with it kind of helps them early. So I think the Bears get helped in both situations. But even on the season, they score more points in the first half. The Lions, though, are the third most heavily weighted to the first half in the entire league. Number one is the Eagles. Number two is the Seahawks. Number three are the Lions. So the Lions in the first half score 20. uh, Them they give up and score combined. So the total points are 28 points in the first half. And in the second half, it's 24.8. So that uh, 3.3 difference. Um, so I, there's a lot of ways to bet this game. When it comes to the confidence rating, this so-called exercise, we, <laughs> we like the Bears. Um, I like the Bears in the second half much more, especially at that number. Oh, that's an awesome bet. I think so. Yeah. And, um, and you might say, RJ, can you explain why the number's wrong? Because it does not scare you. These markets aren't liquid enough yet, especially that I'm scared. I it's just one place has it up. I think they have a bad number.
1: Yeah. So and the first person who comes around and hits it will probably be told uh, that's you're not allowed to bet
2: that much on it. And no, <laughs> I don't know. I I mean I don't know. I think things are booming so much. I know if you're a known winner, these places don't love it. Like if you just are killing them. But in general, they seem to be welcoming uh, acts, DraftKings and Fan. I mean. Are you hearing otherwise?
1: Uh, I've just heard some. I went to put in my bet, and once I put my bet in, they said, no, this is your limit. This is how much you can bet.
2: Well, that's one of the dangers of apps in general, right? Because there's a turnaround time, Mm -hmm. you know, and and that's in-game betting for sure. Okay, so we are on the Bears, but officially I think we like the second-half Bears the best so far Um, in that game, the best pick in that game. Okay, number six. Now, will someone finally have their best bet other than me? Yes, the sixth highest confidence, Miami Dolphins and not AJ, but Scott has his best bet on this.. Yeah. why am
3: I being shamed here? What's going? Cool? I mean, you made the picks <laughs> All right, I've been waiting. I've been uh, anxiously waiting to talk about this game. So
2: by the way, crossfire, I'm on the other side.
3: Okay. you and Uncle Dave, by the way. I like that. Let's talk about uh, Miami at home. Their home field is significant. You can talk about the weather all you want. If you want to bring up the weather, I'll bring up the weather. Heat and humidity might play a factor. It's going to be 41 degrees and snowing in Cleveland this weekend. It's going to be 80 degrees with a 70-something percent humidity in Miami this Sunday. Miami is the fourth DVOA offense at home this season. The seventh DVOA defensive team at home this season. Tua tunga Viloa at home is 11-3 and straight up. And 10-4 and four ATS at home. Clearly, there's an advantage there. But now let's talk about the situations. This is where I'm going to talk slow and get really into this, RJ.
2: No, that, it means you have thin
3: material. No, it means, <laughs> it means I dove deep on this. So I did a deep dive on some trends here. And the first one is on the Browns. The second one's on the Dolphins. And I'm talking about the situations here. Mm-hmm. So the Browns' situation is they are coming off of a buy. And the game before the bye, they won outright as an underdog. And now they're a road underdog of more than three points.
2: After the bye. So, after the bye. They week. win a game they're not expected to win.
3: Feeling good about themselves,
2: going Go to the bye the week,
3: bye. party, celebrate, get a little rest. And now they're on the road as an underdog. Clearly,
2: the lesser team yep. on the road. And what's the record?
3: Four and 34 straight up, 11 and 27 ATS with an average margin. Four point six eight points. And
2: that's against the spread margin. Yes. That's a big number. That's a noteworthy trend. And I don't get it fully, but the psychology, it feels like there's a, there's emotions and psychology there affecting things. Cause you that's a big win before. You know something? Mackenzie, do one qualifier on this. Give me do the open up the win percentage and, and stack it and tell me I'm guessing that a team that has a lower win percentage because think about it, you can win, you can be like the eighth best team in the league and be a dog two straight games, mm-hmm. right? My gut feeling is that really good teams do okay in this spot and bad teams do really bad. So let's take a gander. Now that's interesting. Undefeated teams are one in four in this spot. um, And then 60s, uh, hmm. So what are you seeing all in all, Mackenzie. It looks like it's really bad at the, bo- the yeah, bottom, it's really
4: bad at the bottom below 25%. It looks like well, keep going up three and 12 or something.
2: Yeah, let's keep going up though. 40% or under still looks bad, and then it looks like it improves after that. Go 40% and under and see what we get. But boy, it looks bad at the top, too. Okay, that's interesting. You know, looking at this, this is listen, you've, you've been pulling some good trends out here. It does look like that the teams that are winning teams tend to do worse in these spots. But overall, without consideration of that, it's obviously a powerful
3: number. I'm I'm still, you know, I still like what I like. So let me give you the Dolphins right. side of this now. So the Dolphins are playing prior to their buy, and they're a home favorite of greater than three points. This number 163, 122, and 2 ATS, 57.2%, 1.5 cover margin.
2: All right. Now, 1.5 cover margin by itself doesn't impress. But the fact that there's 300-plus games here, or almost 300 games, that's big. To have something that's 57% over 300 games, it's
3: logical. And the average line of these games is Mm 7.7. But I think what's interesting, if you look at the sample size of just the straight-up category— 224 wins and 63 losses. So these teams are straight up 78%. Yeah. And But with the spread kind of around the field goal, how many times does the NFL game but, fall within that? But now, I kind of like the the, the the team I feel happy winning.
2: I gave you a compliment before because this one yeah. I think you're off on, which is, in fact, I'm certain, is in general – if you, you can't say, I'm going to put a bucket together of a range of lines from, let's say, a three-point favorite to a 20-point favorite, or beyond, let's say, as big as you could get, and then say, okay, the average line is seven-point whatever, they win a lot. Yeah, seven, eight-point favorites win a lot, mm-hmm. Right you got a three-point favor. So there's nothing about your team other than sharing the other qualities of this line or other qualities of this trend that has them match with the teams that on average are eight points better. So in general, I think stick with ATS because ATS is going to tell you all the givens. If there's rain, if there's wind, whatever, quarterbacks hurt, it's always going to, in theory, accommodate that or account for that. And now what's left, in theory, is your trend. Is a scenario the public doesn't know about that affects the game. That's what, if you get it, if you are a trend better, you're trying to find scenarios the public doesn't acknowledge that affect the outcome of the game. This may be one of them. I don't think, though, you can look at the straight up numbers.
1: I don't have any fancy trends, but this is my 11 confidence.
2: Did you get a little more of a Texas accent when you said, I don't got any (laughs) fancy trends? I
1: ain't got no fancy trends to go off of, but uh, well, I just don't understand how. The summer line in this game was Dolphins minus five and a half. The look ahead, Dolphins minus five and a half. Now, Dolphins minus three and a half. Are we really downgrading the Dolphins that much for winning close on the road against the Bears? The Browns were in the toilet before that Halloween game against the Bengals. They They were dead. Before that point, their only wins were Carolina and Pittsburgh. They've got the second worst run defense in the league. You can't pass rush Miami because they get the ball out too fast. I just refuse to buy high on the Browns who got up for one week. It, it, it just doesn't make sense to me. It, the, and the Dolphins' defense is weak, but okay. Let let the Browns try to play a track meet with the Dolphins. I don't think they can keep up.
2: Let's look at something else. The Browns were on a buy, so if anything, the opening of the look ahead should account for that Bengals game, right? So, well, let's be so clear. So, this is all
1: Dolphins
3: negativity, you're yeah, saying? Uh, what else could it be? How? How could you be negative about the Dolphins? Because of what Justin I mean, Fields ran against them?
2: No, because that's hard to repeat. And it's certainly not going to be repeatable by Bursette. So, are people thinking Nick Chubb's going to run all over them? No, I, maybe. But, I in general, I've heard some really sharp people say the defense of Miami's uh, bad. I agree with him. Okay. So, <laughs> I mean, and here's the thing. The Browns, Mackenzie, give, give me the season – uh, give me 496 on the garbage, and give me just uh, EPA. Let's look at offense and defense. Because what, what we're going to see here is my very big bet is that the Browns are going to be better than the Dolphins.
3: Kevin Stefanski off of a bye week, 0-2 ATS. Yeah, that's not enough sample. <laughs> the Browns over the last decade off oh. of a bye week, 1-7-1 ATS.
2: I mean, I tell you this if there's ever a time for a team that's getting their quarterback back in a couple of weeks to have a big game, it's going to be right before um, a bye. So, Mackenzie, you're pointing up. So, give me what you want to give me, uh, and let's see if it fulfills. So, Cleveland, seventh by EPA on offense. Tw- now, are, are these filtered 496?
4: 96 4. All right, go ahead. Seventh on offense. 25th on defense. Okay. So, let's just add that to 32. Go ahead. Miami, 5th on offense, Mm. 26th on
2: defense. 31. So they're saying these are even. I mean, EPA is saying these are even teams. Now, you can accommodate it and say, well, Miami had multiple games without Tua, and they didn't play as well. I think that's valid. Um, Cleveland off a bye. That's an advantage. I mean, well, we just—it sounds like it's not an advantage, though. No, it. Oh, come on, what does the Browns five years ago have to do? With <laughs> no, that? I mean the
1: it's uh, the. the, the, the yeah, it's it, just, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about his trend about the the team off the off the wind then gets a buy and then is no. On the that, road.
2: That's a but we're talking about the market here. Oh, okay. So I, personally, I do like the Browns because this is one of those lines. That they're making such a statement with, and it's the betters making the statement. It's not the odds maker or you know the bookmakers. Because they had it at five and a half. They're saying this thing, it, the Browns are just better than you think. This feels almost like they know. I'll tell you, I'll give you an example. The Jets line move made no sense to me last but, week against Buffalo. And when, and sometimes when the line is, so, when the betting is so certain, and it is not logical, it scares the shit out of me. And, like, I literally loved, and I, I'm embarrassed to say this, I loved the Bills last week. I mean, the more I thought about it, it was like it was a perfect spot, I thought, for them. And when it went down to 10.5 by Sunday morning, I said, I'm staying away from this. Uh, this feels, I mean, wouldn't we agree this is an irrational, the move from 5.5 to 3.5, when, if anything, Miami's getting a lot of love. is getting MVP talk. Well,
1: Tua's the best quarterback in the league per our PFF QBR. Realm. Is that right? Yeah.
2: So, if anything, I think there's been more love for Miami and Tua in the last five days or four days than there's been in any four days this year.
1: Yeah. And by the way, he's not number one by, like, some sort of math. He's number one clean in both things, PFF and QBR.
2: But somehow this line goes down two points from last week? It, it, it doesn't make sense, which scares me. That's the only—that's why I'm on—I I don't bet these games like this because I want to understand why I'm betting it, but I know why I'm not betting it against it, which is I don't want to bet against these big bettors that are betting something that's not obvious. It means they know something. I don't know. You know who is betting against it? Who? Uncle Dave. Uncle Dave. Now, listen, that sways me. Uncle Dave Esler, he wins—him and Fezzik and Goodfella has won as many units as anyone in the history of pregame.com. And you know what? He lives in Florida. He does. He lives in Miami or outside. I don't think he's allowed in Dade County, but that's a whole other story. Let's listen.
0: I love and bet the Cleveland Browns plus four at Miami this weekend. It just looks way too easy to take Miami here, especially after what the Bears did to them on the ground, because clearly that's how the Browns want to play offense. And the Browns had five losses, but remarkably only one of them by more than a field goal. And there's a part of me – It wishes they didn't have a bye last week after beating the Bengals, because on the one hand, that could kill momentum. On the other hand, more prep time. But what what struck me while working this game was that for all the Tua and Tyreek talk, since the Week 1 13-point victory over New England, the Dolphins' largest margin of victory has been six points over Pittsburgh and at home. Hence, Bradley Chubb, I guess. I get it. Well, he played 54 snaps against the Bears, his third highest this season, recorded just one assisted tackle. That was against a runner at the Bears team. We know that's what the Browns M.O. is. And to be fair, it's the Miami pass defense that needed the help. For all the negative talk about Percet, he's had 30-plus yard completions in every game but the opener and won over 50 yards in each of his last two. You know, even if the Dolphins slow down the Bears' rushing game, Cooper and Peoples-Jones will get the job done because, as I said, they're secondary. They're third-worst in opponent's team passer rating in the league. That's the biggest reason why they don't get and maintain margin. They won't Sunday. I bet the Browns plus four in a WTF, wrong team favorite, football game.
2: Okay. I Dave is a skeptical fellow. He's from Boston, you know. So if he bets Boston, or, or the Patriots, on or off, I take it super seriously. He doesn't delve into Miami. This is a rare pick on a Florida team, wouldn't you say, McKenzie, for Dave?
4: It's not rare for him to have Cleveland, however. He likes Cleveland and Patriots. I've noticed those are often on his card. Yeah. But my question was,
2: it's rare that he's involved even in a Miami game. First Miami
4: game I can remember him being involved in. Him
1: saying wrong team favorite, that's wild to me.
2: Yeah, that's extreme. That's extreme. But I think you could make the case on a neutral Cleveland's a little better. I'm not sure I agree with that, but I could make the case. What's Fezzik say, McKenzie? Power ratings-wise, that's a good look. One sec. Now— I got to be honest with you. If this line were six, meaning it had gone up from last week, and I'd be like, I love the Browns because of all the, they're getting hyped up and all the, like, get up type shows. But no, it's gone the other. But don't you agree, Scott, and how do you handle, when you handicap, if there's a line move that just doesn't make sense to you, and it's not public, it's not like,
3: oh, they're oh, two is popular or not popular, doesn't it scare you? Sure, it scares me. And especially when I can't explain it, it it, it scares me. But I also don't let some, some, I don't let somebody else's money affect my handicap. Wow.
2: I mean, it shouldn't affect your handicap, but then you should bring your handicap in with other
3: factors, right? Yeah. But my handicap of this, there's nothing about this hand, my handicap of this game that makes me worried about the Dolphins not winning this game. But that assumes that
2: you you have full knowledge, right? I mean, what I'm always scared of is, is what I don't know myself but you like let's use an example we don't like to bet against Pinnacle or or, or bookmaker mm-hmm. if the market is spread out let's say between three and a half and four and we're looking to lay it right so we're laying three and a half yeah I am not laying it if bookmakers at three and a half typically because mm-hmm. that means I got to be able to beat bookmaker I'm playing at bookmaker effectively even if I play there or not because it's exactly the number they have but if bookmakers at four, I love the three-and-a-half because now I'm figuring we're on the same yeah. side.
3: Well, what I'm trying to say is I, I, when, I'm, when I handicap this game, I am, I'm not looking at where the line was mm-hmm. to where but it when is. when you're done with I'm, the handicap, do you then consider it? Uh,
2: and, yes. uh, and now that you're looking at it and you're looking at this irrational move, how does it affect your, your ultimate decision?
3: I'm still on it, but I maybe have a slight hesitation mm-hmm. just because of my confusion, not because of my fear, if that makes sense. Wow.
2: I mean, a New York guy's not going to have
3: fear, obviously. Like, I don't think that I'm on the wrong side of this game. I'm confused why people are, are all on Cleveland. Well, England.
2: a couple more years in this industry and you get beat up, you're going to start being scared. Oh, of that listen, I've,
3: I've had the shit
2: had it. <laughs> I'm talking about metaphorically, like, you know, trying to, like, calling up your mom for... It's like, uh, you ever see the movie um, Michael Keaton was in? Batman. <laughs> that was funny. You actually delivered that pretty well because you almost said it, like, when he goes, who are you? Batman, you know that was hey, that was good. I admit it. Uh, I, have a, I have to ask. You <laughs> That's the first time you've been funny in three months.
1: Hey, I have to ask you a quick question because we're talking about Michael Keaton, mm-hmm. and this is going to tell me a lot about you. And I'm worried at your answer right here. Okay. Do you think the movie Birdman is a
2: good movie? It's interesting. I saw it in the theater. All I can remember is he didn't want to bang this hot chick because he was afraid he couldn't get it up. Mm-hmm. That's all I took away from it. <laughs> Okay.
1: I was worried that you were going to be like, oh, dude, that's a great movie. Because I I feel like Birdman is like the worst movie that everybody said was good, and I I watched it twice and said, what the fuck are people talking about? This is a good movie. Best Picture.
2: It's unbelievable to me. Did it win Best Picture? Yeah. You know, I will say this. I think the idea of someone's life being consumed by the role they play, and then they, you know, there's old stories about, bella lugosi i think maybe walking around in his empty house with a cape acting like he was dracula you know and there is the you know what is that great movie when he goes i'm ready for my close-up what is the name i forget that movie uh it's like from the four uh, all about eve you ever see all about eve kenzie pull up that synopsis of that the premise of it is there's a movie star who's like maybe 50 years old so she's a former movie star this is back in the 50s or whatever and she's just living in her mansion with a, one butler who's still a fan of hers. And then someone comes by for some business, but she thinks that it's like they're, like it's a reporter wanting to interview her. And there's a scene where, I mean, this has been 50 or 70 years ago, I guess. She comes down the steps and she says, I'm ready for my close-up, Mr. DeVille. It was like, DeVille, Cecil, Cecil D. DeVille, however, yeah, one of those um, – you want to read it, Mackenzie?
4: Backstage story revolving around aspiring actress Eve Harrington, tattered and forlorn. Eve shows up in the dressing room of Broadway megastar Margot Channing, telling a melancholy life story to Margot and her friends. Margot takes Eve under her wing, and it appears that Eve is a conniver that uses Margot. A conniver.
2: Conniver, yeah. Thank okay. You. So, you know son, all about Eve. Look at Sunset Boulevard. Maybe I got this movie wrong. No, I think this, this is interesting. I think it's Sunset. Yeah. Uh, th- it's so, uh, correction. Since Florida is not called, too close to called, 2000. Bush. We got this is the movie. Same actress, but read this one, please. Mr. DeMille, by the way. Is that right? Yeah. Okay.
4: An aging silent film queen refuses to accept that her stardom has ended. This is Sunset Boulevard. She hires a young screenwriter to help her set up her movie Comeback. Mm, okay. Screenwriter believes he can manipulate her, but he soon finds out he is wrong. Screenwriter's ambivalence about their relationship and her unwillingness to let go leads to a situation of violence, madness, and death. I, what's incredible it's about this? A,
2: a good weekend here in Vegas. What's <laughs>
4: incredible about this is you—you you had the wrong movie, mm-hmm. but it
1: was an associated movie, so it clearly it's by like the same director or something. I, I think
2: it's the same actress is in it. I think. That's pretty
1: impressive. Yeah, it's your a good, recall of some random shit boggles my one mind. This was a little sometimes. off, but,
2: <laughs> but but I gotta tell you, this is it. Kind of is you really think about it, it's one thing never to have any notoriety or whatever, and most people don't. But and and I don't put myself in a category of like notoriety. You know, I don't know how you define that stuff, but. I've never—to me, it was always business, and it's always been about communicating with a big audience. I like that, but it's not getting recognized somewhere or someone get i mean, it's nice when people enjoy it, the show and stuff. Uh, for sure.
1: But I've dealt with this, like, since moving here, mm-hmm. I was a, a C-list celebrity in Houston. Mm-hmm. Like, you do, you do local radio there oh, for, for sure. 12 years. People start to recognize you, they take oh, pictures sure. with you here in Vegas— no one knows me at all like it, so it and is do you like that or do you I, not, like it. Yeah, I like it yeah i like it
2: cuz cuz in general the thing about just getting a little glimpse i mean cuz a little touch of being known is people say if you got to be known to be rich it's fine, but if you can choose it, you'd rather be unknown and rich.
1: What's funny is I think my former co-host Fred mm-hmm. would be the total opposite. Fred loved the attention; yeah. he loved people wanting to, like, you know, hang out, take pictures. with like we were very opposite in that way. I think he would have a hard time dealing with it. For me, it's kind of it's well. Maybe you should call him
2: and see how it's going.
1: I talked to him last week. Oh, how's he doing? He's doing well. He's doing well. He's working with Mattress Mac. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there you go. He's yeah, ready to sell he's doing all things.
2: right. Um, like full-time?
1: Yeah. Is he selling mattresses? No, he's running a website called gallerysports.com.
2: Well, I tell you, Mattress Max gotten a lot of <laughs> notoriety. I'll tell you that much. Um, I guess the last thing I would say is I feel like that the new generation, you know, I don't know, 30 and younger – they have a different perspective for them. Love or not love, but affirmation is like our likes
1: like it was social media. likes. yeah.
2: And I mean, the TikTok I, followers, I mean, it, it really is like, a, it's almost like there's a score that, you know how you hear, like you hate when there's like a score on your credit because it could be bad or they're judging you. I think the typical 25 year old, there's a sense that their score, whatever that like count is, or whatever is like, is, is their merit. And, and their whole lot li- or a big chunk of their life is about getting that attention. And I think for someone like that, they would love any note or, you know, they love it because, you know, you've heard of Instagram famous or yep. whatever. So I think it's a, it's an evolution. But Fred, Mattress, Mac, that's we got to do a podcast on that.
1: One. And full circle, Birdman's a shit movie.
2: Full circle. <laughs> Fez makes Cleveland plus three and a half. So assuming two points for home field.
1: So plus one and a half on a neutral.
2: Uh, Yes. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's about right.
1: I think that's fair. I I think the wrong team favored thing was extreme.
2: Mm -hmm. Dave Esler, you can follow him, Dave underscore Esler. You're sticking to your guns. Sticking to my guns. I'm scared. But if I have to bet one way or the other, which I did here, I'm going with the
3: pros. I think this is going to be the prototypical get out of the cold, into the warmth, wrong mindset, Dolphins win at home. Here's what I'll say, and Fez
1: does this all the time. I think it's crazy. The idea that going to Miami to play in 80 degree weather
2: is like somehow a negative. Well, first
3: of all, what's the temperature supposed to be? 85 and 70% humidity.
2: Wait a minute. 85 degrees a week before On Thanksgiving.
1: Yep. Like that's what I'm looking forward to if I live in well, Ohio.
2: But that's what ends up happening. You get
3: distracted, is the theory. Miami hourly. Uh, if it's, a, if it's
2: 85, that changes things for me because that's a big number. All right, 82. Okay, forget it. I'm up, <laughs>
3: it's, weather changes. Updated. I'm joking. I'm joking. 82, 69 percent humidity.
2: Now that so actually it changed
3: from the last 69. time I checked. Last time I checked, it was 85 and 70 percent. Now it's 82 and 69 percent during I, the day.
2: I think all the love is in, has unleashed your like juvenile side. <laughs>
3: <laughs> My bad. <laughs>
2: all right. So let's say this. I actually seriously am, am going. I'm not changing the official numbers here, but I would go towards neutral here because of that humidity and that, that temperature. That's a
3: big number. All right. And like I said, it's going to be 40 degrees and snowing this weekend in Cleveland.
2: But they won't be there.
3: But <laughs> <laughs> still. It's, it's, if it's, they go,
2: if they watch the local news on their sling blade. It's a dramatic. Change. Or is that what it's sling Box? Sling box. Sling, sling box?
1: Sling blade is a movie. I
2: know that, but I thought. Some people call it a Kaiser blade. I call it a sling blade. All right. We're going to turn his mic off. <laughs> All right, next game. Miami is the sixth most uh, confidence pick. AJ, your best bet hasn't come up yet. It has not. <laughs> Jesus God, number it got to be the next one. It's not. No, number seven confidence. Philadelphia once again. Scott seems to. Have, how many high numbers have you had? You go first here.
3: Oh, do I? Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, Quickly. Okay. I just think that we look at the, Remember the last time that these two teams played, and Carson Wentz was sacked like five hundred times. I know it's not Carson Wentz; it's Taylor Heineke a quarterback, but it's still the same offensive line against this Philadelphia Eagles team. Eagles are home now with a little bit of extended break. Uh, They're only going to get after off the Thursday game. Yeah, they're only going to get after the quarterback even more. And this offense is the best first half offense. So they build the lead, and once they have a lead, they know you have to pass the ball. They're going to get after the quarterback, knowing what they did to Washington's offensive line the last time that they played. I like that again.
2: But wouldn't that concept of getting after the quarterback and all that make them good in the second half that they're not, the Eagles?
3: But they were against Washington.
2: Mm-hmm. I think in general Washington's underrated. But I think that Philly is way underrated. And we had that discussion earlier. I think Philly's the best team. Right now, I, if I, you could give me a $10,000 ticket for, on Buffalo to win the Super Bowl, let's say it pays $10,000. And payout and a ten thousand ticket on Philly. I take Philly right now. Hmm. Now, with the better odds, I like it even more. I don't see how I don't see how Buffalo. The well, only, Philly's path to get there is so much easier. That's too. part of it too. I think yeah. I think Buffalo would be favored against Philly, and even though that would small, I think that'd be the case. I still like Philly because the path. Because let's be honest, if Seattle wasn't good, because I think they could be really good. Hmm. Minnesota, we know, isn't really good. I mean... Dallas so, is the other... Dallas, but if if their offense is together, D's good, and Sam Frank could put it together. But really, it's very possible Philly won't have a real hard game all the way to the Super Bowl. Yeah, And if that's the case, you know Kansas City is going to be a hard game mm-hmm. for the Bills.
1: So, and, and potentially Baltimore. You might
2: have to play or, Baltimore and Kansas City. Or Miami already yeah. beat them. Yep. Hope they don't meet the Jets. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Next game. Now, this has to be it. If this isn't it... I think we gotta go who was that uh who was the accounting firm that would do the Oscars? Uh Ernst & and Young. Yeah. We gotta get Ernst and Young in. We here. really do. Used I, to walk past that building every day. I mean, could his best bet get so disrespect? Well, let's see. Number eight. Oh, God. The highest one here's a seven, and your best bet couldn't be that. Nope. But AJ, this is your you're the highest here, and it's a seven, not a thirteen. And it is the Giants.
1: I was expecting the Giants to be laying like almost a touchdown here. So, five, I I like the Giants here. The Texans
2: are – That's a hell of a beginning to that handicap. The, I, I like them here.
1: I, they, well, I mean, listen, I don't love them here, but I, I, I am the it, highest I of them. It, uh, the Texans are the worst team in the league against the run. That's per DVOA and PFF. In fact, in PFF, the Texans' run defense is 12 points worse than the next – Bad
2: team, so twelve points worse. So, so what you're saying is they're number 32, but the distance between 31 and 32 is gigantic.
1: Yes, it's the same distance between the Browns number 31 and the Buffalo Bills at 21.
2: At 21, so it's 10. So, really, if there were 41 teams, they'd be 41. Yes,
1: they're disastrously bad. Uh With what exactly against the run? against the run? Yeah, okay. against the run. And the Giants are eighth in rush DVOA. I think Barkley should look good coming off a of bye week. His last week, his last game at Seattle was his lowest yards per attempt game. It was the, his worst game of the season. I think it's because he's been used so much. He already has more carries than he did in 13 games last year. He's on pace to crush his career high. In carries. He, 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 Saquon yeah. Barkley, the right, running back. Uh, but he,
2: I mean, he's listen. He's hardly running five years. I think he's rested
1: <laughs> up. Well, now he's got a bye week. He's for sure rested up. The other thing the Texans really stink at is pass blocking, and the Giants are creating pressure. I thought on, you were
2: going to say football.
1: Well, that twenty three percent of dropbacks are the heaviest blitz team in the league. I think they make it a tough day for Davis Mills and uh, Texans' top wide receiver Brandon Cooks didn't practice today. I think they generously said it's a wrist. I called around; they said it's mostly he's bitter, doesn't want to play for the team. He's mad they didn't trade him. It's it's he kind didn't of
2: trade a, like six times in seven years. How much does he get traded? He wanted
1: to tra- be traded again. He couldn't be and. Damian Pierce didn't practice as well. He's their starting running back. So a lot of questions about who's going to be playing for the Texans. So Giants.
2: Well, that's one advantage when you don't have any good players. The absence of them doesn't really matter. The one thing
1: that worries me, this is only the second time in his career that Daniel Jones has been more than a field goal
3: favorite.
2: So what? what you, now you've been a big backer of the Giants this year. What? You, I mean, I know you like the Giants. Yeah. But what do you? Uh, it's a your confidence is only a two. So this is your. Or oh, wait, check that. Is a three. Is a three.
3: Yep. So this is the
2: third least confident.
3: And it's only just because of how the line. How high the line is. Mm-hmm. That's all. If if it was Giants minus True. two and a half, so I, Giants I'd are be four high. and a
2: half here. Yeah.
3: Uh I think Giants would, minus two and a half, that'd be uh, I'm saying if it was, that would be my one of my top picks. I think the line being four and a half or, or five to me is asking them to win. That would be
2: embarrassing though, if the giant two and a half would assume the Giants and Houston were
3: equal teams. I don't think they are. <laughs>
2: I mean, doesn't uh, this tell you how freaking little regard the Giants are being held in?
3: Yeah. I do have a little bit of concern. And
1: every week he said Fuck you, Market. You don't believe in the Giants? I'm telling you, all they do,
2: is win. We get one F-word per person. Show. that's your F-you, Market.
3: Uh-huh. I, 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 the only thing is, it's like AJ talked about two weeks ago, talking about the Giants against the Seahawks. I have concerns about Evan Neal being out on the offensive line. Daniel Bellinger, the tight end, who has had such a great season. uh, He is still not participating in practice. That's the only reason why I'm slightly a little hesitant on the Giants is just because of those injuries. But I do agree with Saquon Barkley having a week off. He'll be rested. They're going to run all over this team. It's a bad football team. The Giants should win this game. I just don't have them as high as I would if I was a little more confident on the health of the offensive line.
2: I think the Davis Mills uh, experiment's about over. Agreed. This has been a bad year. And I think the uh, Texans have the number one pick in their sights. Remember, there's no lottery. There's no, you got the worst record, you get the first pick. I'm not sure how motivated they are. They were an embarrassment against Tennessee. To some degree, keeping Mills in there at this point is an indictment of the whole program. And they and he's being kept in here. The only thing they could do to tank more is hire Jeff Saturday, and they haven't done that. But still,
3: <laughs> or make Parks Frazier call their place. I,
2: I mean, I, I mean you again. Before you were banned, you were close down there before the press pass was revoked. Now was was there a restraining order? No restraining text? order. Okay, is do you? Doesn't it feel like the energy of this team is different than it was even six weeks ago? It just, it feels like they're kind of accepting their. They're as bad as anyone. Yeah. Somehow they get some idea in their head that it's going to get better, but it doesn't feel like they're trying in any good direction. I
1: actually thought when they when they fired uh, Jack Easterby, who I had said has been kind of a problem there. A lot a lot of players didn't like him mm-hmm. being around. I was like, oh, maybe they're gonna they're gonna have a little boost here. No. The, it's, it's been the opposite. It's
2: a dead team. Right? No, I mean, God's not on their side anymore. God's
1: not on their side anymore. And I think the only reason Davis Mills is still playing is because Kyle Allen is the backup quarterback. And,
2: Little flipper. Yeah. And I'll tell you this, it's probably smart to try to get a number one pick. So I, I wonder, I don't know. I I, I got to tell you, that Tennessee was really bad. They, they didn't score to the last drive of the game or the score touchdown to the last drive of the game. They had, I mean, they, it was futility in that game. So they're off a of bye, right? Or did, who did Houston have last week?
3: Yeah, they played the Eagles. Uh, played the, Eagles. the Thursday night that game against the Eagles. Oh, yeah.
2: It, it feels like Houston has like two or three games a year that they do. I mean, this game they barely covered, but they covered against Philly. But um, it, it feels like that they sometimes win these games. I, I guess the Colts, you think about it, that Colts game looks a lot less impressive now, too. Yeah. So they
3: did beat the Jaguars.
2: Yeah, but that was, I mean, that's three in a row. I mean, for some reason, they got the Jags number. I It doesn't, you're right, but that's been a, that's what, week what, three?
3: No, it was, uh, it was week, one, five.
2: Yeah. week five. Week mm-hmm. five. Is that Was that recently?
3: Yeah. Uh,
2: what was th- the score of that game? 13-6. Oh, that baby. <laughs> Thriller, baby. Trevor Lawrence, the savior. All right. Um. Yeah, I, you know. I think none of us are going to—well, I guess eventually one day you'll have your best bet, AJ, but other than that, (laughs) at this point, we don't love these games, but I think collectively it's interesting what we're on. Yeah. And again, AJ, at some point, if it's 13, I'm going to just laugh my balls off. That'd be hilarious. All right. So that was uh, number—let's see here. Number eight. Eight. Number nine. It's got to be this. Nine. No. What? It is. No, it's not. It is. No. No. It's not. Oh, damn it. It's
1: not. I was looking at the wrong nine.
2: Even you thought that it can't be any longer. Oh, God. (laughs) This This is an indictment. It is. All right. Number nine. Number nine. The Green Bay Packers. We have a disagreement here. I'm in the minority with my two confidence. A.J., You have another pick that's not your best bet. You got a nine confident weight on Green Bay.
1: Yeah. You say this all the time, RJ. You want teams when no one wants to bet them. And I think the Packers Except for the Dream Crusher. The Packers are Dream Crusher. Okay. Well then maybe that's the case, but they're catching five at home against a dome team in near freezing weather.
2: Near freezing. With. Oh, it's like so thirty-five, so, thirty-six. So, so I didn't he, want to say freezing. The line, well, good. The line was three in the look-ahead. It's five now. Dallas. Uh, I mean, it seems like this is almost all Green Bay, meaning the change. I agree, but isn't it? Don't you feel like the? I mean, what's Green Bay, McKenzie? What's Green Bay's odds to make the playoffs? Was like I mean, five thirty-eight maybe. I mean, they're they're ta- the conversation now is should Aaron Rodgers be benched to see what they have in Jordan Love cuz what no one else has taught or I haven't heard yet, they got to decide on his 50-year option after this year. 5% per
4: 538.
2: So like, how can they decide to pay him like I don't know what it probably be 25-26 million based on what it was recently for it keeps going up, I don't know, but it's certainly going to be 20. Are they going to pay Jordan Love 20 million in year 5, which they had to decide this off-season?
1: I don't think so. I don't think they can. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is under contract for the next two years.
2: That's complicated because they say they can cut. Like he, he. I don't know who has the option to come back, but they say if somehow he leaves, it hurts him. But like, like twenty million on the cap, but it's not devastating. I don't know. This has been a disaster. It has
1: been a disaster, but the Packers have lost six home games since twenty eighteen, and Rodgers is five and one in his career as a home underdog. I don't. I don't love the idea of betting the Packers right now, but it does feel like the line is just getting way
2: too pricey on Dallas. I like I like your instincts here. I do because you are. This is not an easy play to make. What you're making because it's wrong. It's not, <laughs> no, but but to me, I do believe that there's one thing that try. And this is why it's art and not science. For at least for us, the algorithms, it's science. Is and and we'll go to Scott here. Scott, to me. I think there's a 50% chance that that Aaron Rodgers is not even engaged in this game. I mean, you know he likes attention. when He has tantrums. Not even tantrums. He he gets upset. He wants to show his
3: displeasure. I don't see a Herculean effort here. What do you see? No one on this podcast has picked against the Packers more than I have. And I've been talking about how broken and how disinterested Aaron Rodgers has been since, I don't know, week three? Disinterested Uh, is a great word. Yes. Week three, maybe. If there was ever a time to snap out—not even just snap out of it, but just to—to to what end—to show up, it's at home here. After three straight losses on the road, and yes, they lost to the Jets, whatever. But uh, I, I'm saying you lost three straight games on the road. It's kind of like a homecoming. I, I view it as in college football. You know, the team plays a couple of road games, and they have their homecoming game. I kind of view this as a homecoming game, right? It's the Cowboys. It's like this historic like, like, like rivalry—the
2: high school the Nirvana. It yeah. smells like Teen Spirit? Yeah, like with I, the, with I, that, a zombie. That's how I view
3: it. Like, this is like a homecoming game. It, it's this historic Zombie rivalry. homecoming. It's the historic rivalry here with the Cowboys. This is not a familiar situation for Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Aaron Rodgers, this is the first time ever at Lambeau Field he will be an underdog greater than a field goal. Okay. It's not a familiar But don't role.
2: we agree that this is? we've never seen him not injured and in the course. Packers play like this?
3: I, I just think this is all about the number to me. And I, I getting north of a field goal, I I, I just got to take it. I got to take it. I can't believe you like this the...
2: more than you like A.J.'s best bet.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: I mean, that is almost hard to comprehend. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is a huge dog, and A.J.'s best bet's below this game. Yeah. Yeah. I mean— I am actually proud of you guys because I think your instincts of trying to play the unpopular team here is great. I just wonder, does it all get trumped by the sabotage of Aaron Rodgers where he doesn't get it?
1: Don't you think that Aaron Rodgers, who had a, a toxic relationship with McCarthy, now
2: don't that, you think- now that is an interesting point. Stick it to him. That's an interesting point. That is a good point, actually because I can't imagine he wants
1: to let that guy beat him, the guy that he basically ran out of town. And, Not basically, the guy that he ran out of town. And
2: now, of course, everything Aaron Rodgers is saying this week is the Packers fans should give a warm reception to Mike McCarthy. Now, this I'm going to go another level on what you just said. He's
3: doing a discount double check
2: right now. Mu- how much? How much do the Cowboys like McCarthy? Because if they do, it feels like they're going to want to redeem him to, yeah. to Green yeah. Bay. Yeah
3: you fight and, for the coach in the, in the and game and how much is Aaron
2: Rodgers how much is he loved by his his team Oh, not much. You think I don't think there's many McCarthy guys left over but maybe they like McCarthy. They could. So I think that handicap is either whatever way it goes I think is the driver cuz you if Aaron Rodgers does want redemption or want to like prove his point then all my talk about him being disinterested or even disinterested earlier in the year too goes out the window. Like you would
1: say, this is one game where you could see his interest being higher than what it's been.
2: Yeah, but now the question is, do the Cowboys are they more interested because of it? And you wore a Packers shirt today. No, it's just green and yellow. <laughs> oh, by coincidence, <laughs> they don't. They don't uh, <laughs> uh, no, I, I remember I had Green Bay in, in the in the uh, pool for teams, so That's I'm, right. not, I'm not happy, and I had Tampa. Oh, it's so funny. Like throughout history, there's always like they, you know, people start selling on a team and it's like, but they got 10 years of history. This is the year both of them just went in the crapper. But who knows? Brady can see I'm hedging away with the Seattle pick. Well, not really. All right. (laughs) Um, I think you got to the crux of it, though. uh, Scott, what's your feeling on on the motivational factor that he the A.J. brought up?
3: Yeah, I think it's I think Aaron Rodgers is going to want to, like I said, discount double check in McCarthy's face. After he scores, after he rushes
4: in a touchdown.
2: Mackenzie, you went to Yale. Is there any way that we're going to the 10th pick, that it won't be in it's aggregate it's A.J.'s not. best bet?
4: Statistically, it's possible, but I don't think it's likely.
2: I think it's impro- I think it might be, like, re- shut down the computer, bring in the experts for virus checks. <laughs> right. <laughs> kind of level. All right, the 10th... Oh, my God. The 10th confidence pick is AJ's number two weight. (laughs) It's my one weight, but somehow his best bet's not better than that. And the seven weight for Scott on Tennessee, seven confidence, not weight. I'm getting woozy. And your pick
1: hasn't come up yet. Well,
3: Scott Scott has a seven on it, so we'll let him. Tennessee. Leave. Well, AJ put the wrong number on the sheet, so I thought I was getting two and a half points. That's why I made him a myself. <laughs> no. But you still like, I still more. like it more. <laughs> All right, hit it, hit us, quick. Uh, I think the Titans uh, Titans look good. Uh, they AJ talked about their cover streak, right? Which uh, now I think is extended to six six straight games. You know what covering. I think we
2: should do? I'm sorry to interrupt. This is proven. We're never doing this again. Because you guys, when you go deep in these picks, I think we should, at this point, unless it's A.J.'s best bet, yes. <laughs> we should go with two points each per game. So you don't have to drag it out. Give me two points
3: on this game. Titans have covered six consecutive games. Derrick Henry will not be stopped by this defense. All right, AJ. Yeah, Titans, Titans are a top-ten defense.
1: They can certainly outscore Denver in this game unless it somehow turns into a shootout, which I, I don't expect. Uh, Ryan Tannehill was a game-time decision, supposedly, last week. They opted to not play him. My assumption is he plays this week. And if he does, they're saying the Titans and the Broncos are basically even teams, and that can't possibly be the case.
2: So you're saying this line presupposes he doesn't play, right? And because... It's the line's what it is. You've, you're thinking he may play. But what gives you an indication of that other than last week's? Yeah, that's all that. Like, but different. high ankle sprains are usually four to five weeks,
4: right? Yep. Yeah. So the fact that the line moved from 12 and a half to 14 last Sunday on game day, does that give us confidence that he actually might have played? At least the market thought so.
2: No. Because why would Tannehill playing make the line go up against him?
4: No, it was 12 and a half, and then he was announced out. And the market reacted to that news as if it expected them oh, to play. So
2: you're saying that upon the announcement is what triggered the move? Yeah. But then it got bought back, right?
4: No, closed 14.
2: Okay. Um, now that's interesting. You're bringing up a good point. So let's think that through. So the move from 12 and a half to 14 is not insignificant because going on to 14 is not insignificant. So let's call that four ticks. It was three ticks, but we're double ticking to 14. Okay. Four ticks. He's worth. Tannehill is probably worth seven or eight points with that Bat uh, Willis. So, I, I there, you certainly have a good point, McKenzie. That there was a material chance he would play. Uh, I would say about a thirty percent based on what I'm guessing on those numbers. And when he didn't play, it moved that amount. Now, what does that mean for next week or this upcoming week? What do you got? Well, he was limited in two practices last week before they listed
1: him as questionable on Friday. So the fa- even being a limited participant yeah. last week makes me feel like it's, I, it's 60-40 that he plays this week.
2: Oh, I'll bet you even money. I don't think – this line tells you he's not going to play. But that's the whole thing. If we don't know any more than the line, we can't. Try to arbitrage right, it. so that's why there's no confidence in this pick. But there's more confidence in your best bet, yes, there is. How could that be? I don't even because math- there's ma- a crossfire, I don't even understand mathematics. But do both of us disagree with it? No, then how could it be? Somebody disagrees very strongly. <laughs> now, could it, it can't not be the next one? Number <sighs> finally. AJ's best bad. Thanks. The, the, the 11th out of 13, <laughs> out of 13 teams. <laughs> Go ahead.
1: LA Chargers plus seven at the 49ers. First, let's start with the 49ers not being a great home team, ATS. Under Shanahan, the Niners are 8-17-1 as home favorites. Herbert, been the opposite. My boy Herbs, 7-3 against the spread as a road dog. 3-0 as a dog of six or more. The Chargers have injury concerns, but they've had injury concerns all season long, and they're still sitting at five and three. We know Mike Williams aren't going to play. Signs are pointing that Keenan Allen may give it a go. So there's already more positive injury news than there was a week ago. Yet somehow the line is saying this is the worst case scenario for the Chargers here. And by the way, the Niners have injury issues as well. Juszczyk and Debo both listed as questionable. I do I, can get why people aren't running to bet the Chargers, but seven points feels like just a, a a ridiculous number to put on this LA team that's five and three against a San Francisco team
3: with no home field advantage that had I think has a lot of potential, but hasn't put it together yet. I think the injury concerns are a concern, and I'm on the other side of this. But I'm weren't they the a 49. concern last week? And they won twenty to seventeen. They put up twenty points. And this Chargers Bulls offense, the three, it's a push, right? Okay. The Chargers have not been scoring twenty points against Atlanta, twenty three against Seattle, nineteen in overtime against Denver. Okay, they had the, they, they beat up on Cleveland and Houston, bad teams. Uh, Justin Herbert, I, this is a guy I thought he was going to have an MVP type season. Where is it from him? And I, yes, his weapons are out. But that's the case still this weekend. He, he wasn't good when the weapons were there. He is. Not, he he has. Look, he's, Q- a, he's a bust. QBR. Stop. This is his
1: QBR. You're wearing an oh. Oregon Duck shirt. How can you say that? This
3: is his QBR let over let the past you. four weeks. Oh, go ahead. 74, which was his highest. That's good. 29.7, 54.1, 43.9. He had one great game against Houston where it was a 90. 30.7, 61. Justin Herbert hasn't been Justin Herbert this year. And the Chargers Who offense. Who is Justin Herbert? Maybe that was a games. Maybe. Uh, 13 touchdowns to five interceptions, a 58.4 QBR on the season. That's it's two not,
2: are better than him.
3: Absolutely. This year he is. This year he is. That's got to depress the hell out of you. It and does. now Here's what I have seen from the 49ers in that game against the Rams. Is they, now after a week of practice after a trade, Figured out how to use Christian McCaffrey. Now, after a bye week, more time to get him involved in the offense, more ways to use Christian McCaffrey. Maybe if they run through Herbert's QBRs again. Herbert's QBRs, okay? Let's go back to that. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm clicking. No, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Herbert's QBR. <laughs> <laughs> Nine. Nine?
2: number 9 <laughs> Go
3: ahead. No, actually give me the QBR. No. <laughs> Here we go. Decent, not good, no, no, bad, no. horrific. Seriously. Yeah,
2: no, I agree. I agree. I mean, all joking aside, don't be uh, an advocate. Be uh, be a arbitrator of the truth. Mm-hmm. What's going on?
1: I I mean, there's really...
2: everyone's fault but his.
1: Uh, no, I don't think it's everyone's fault but his, but I do think the uh, the idea that his top two wide receivers have been out for the majority of the year, is troublesome. I mean, Keenan Allen's played one game. And they're probably uh, going to be out again this Sunday. It, they might be. Yeah. But yet somehow well, they're Williams still four and played, three. And Will- we're Williams has played most games, right? No, he hasn't played most of the games now at this really? point. No, he's been out the last three. He missed one at the beginning of the season.
2: Hmm. Now, here's what shocks me. This was a drastic move against them. That's what I don't understand. Well, it's the, the market's finally figured out. I mean – The look-ahead line in this game was the Chargers favored by, or I'm sorry, was a three and a half point underdog. That's how it opened up. So that says San Fran's a better team, but I'm not arguing that. But by a not a little, but more than a little, but not a lot. Okay, so two and a half. You know, San Fran and they don't have a great home field. So let's say two to uh, three and a half. Now, money did come in on San Fran before last week's games. It got to four and a half. That's fine. It opened up, world opener, six and a half, went to seven by Monday. That's a huge change. And and the Chargers, what, what did they? They pushed, right? It felt, they and did. they won. 2017. There were two and a halves out there at the end. Yep. So, I mean, more people won on the Chargers than lost, but somehow the, their market value crashes. This is one of those moves that tells me they know something. Well, do you know what the Chargers'
1: record is in their last five games? No. Because like to, to see the market and to hear people talk about the Chargers, the Chargers are a bad football team. They've won four of their last five games. Their one loss was to the Seahawks, who, as, as we all know, are a pretty good team now. I'm, they're not blowing anybody out, but I, I just don't understand what about this 49ers team says they should be seven-point favorites because it's not like the 49ers have been consistent winners either.
2: You think about it. This is like, the th- what, the third biggest line of the entire week?
1: Yeah, is this even available in your contest
2: this there's week? A, there's mm, a four. No. It's there, crazy. There's a four, and four in San Francisco four and four. Yes. That is so much disrespect. Herbert, he almost, he almost has to quit the NFL if he doesn't win this game. <laughs> I mean, if he was Japanese, he'd quit the NFL. I mean, this is such a disrespect. I don't know. I can tell you this, though. So let's admit. If it was off a game that they looked, this is irrational. I'm afraid of irrational moves. And I think it's justified that your best bet was so marginalized. <laughs>
0: well, I'll, I'll take that.
2: Scott has a nine weight against it. I actually agreed with you. I have a five weight on the charges. I just think the line's gone crazy. How did it end up? Did you miss add this? You had no, you only had nine points. Wow. 18. Boy, that was a—that's bu- the highest rank anyone has gone against someone's best bat, Scott. It was like you said, I don't care. Who? You said who? A.J. who?
3: said Herbert who? Yeah, I mean, you, what, you two Jimmy should G bet is, on Jimmy this. Jimmy G is much better looking than Justin Herbert. Oh, yeah, his jaw? It's not even close. It's not
2: It's not even close. Yeah. Herbert looks goofy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I'm not saying this is true, but I heard he's a virgin. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but he says by choice.
1: I, I I don't know much about it. Your hope. all I know is seven and two this year on my five stars on the pod. <laughs> all I know is
3: yeah. Know. <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, you, what's your record on the pod on this five stars? This isn't a five star for me. This is also
3: seven and two, but this isn't a five star.
2: I have a winning record, but it's not seven and two. Fez has a winning record. Combined, 24 and 10 on the best bets. That's strong. This would be rated
3: as my one star on the podcast. Still,
2: he bucks it. Like, it doesn't even matter. All right. You really haven't told me. Like, you're saying I don't understand this line effectively as your handicap. What's Fez's
1: power rating on this, McKenzie? I mean what what what's caused the move
2: from three and a half to seven? Uh, that's the point. I think there's I think there's internal turmoil, perhaps
3: oh wait till you see this what Fez has the forty nineers four and a half
4: better than average mm-hmm. chargers even
2: that's generous,
4: so with the light home court advantage home field advantage, you're not six. gonna get to seven
2: no still the market says. Fez might think that, but we still think the Chargers suck. Yeah, it's all right. I think part I mean, I know Staley has gone from kind of a darling to people mixed to like very negative. There's a yeah, lot. No, I agree. And and what's his name? Lombardo is the OC. Yeah. He is very unimaginative. I don't disagree with that. And his A dot, Herbs' A dot, he like throws behind the line of scrimmage as much as he's supposed to have a cannon. He's got no nobody to catch the ball down the
1: field.
3: Sean Payton will be coaching this team next year.
2: I wonder the well, but they don't pay money in San or the Chargers, and he wants money. That'd be
3: interesting. Maybe he becomes coach GM, you know, like a Belichick type. Ooh, save
2: on the GM. Then he then he middles the deal by hiring a GM himself. (laughs) Pays him to do it. (laughs) Well, that's smart. Like give him like five hundred thousand. Yeah, hires Chris Ballard after he gets canned. Uh, I I don't like Ballard just because, one, someone's got to talk about he made a bet on the premium positions aren't that premium. I'm going to pay a guard big money. Mm -hmm. I'm going to pay a linebacker. I'm going to pay a running back. Well, now the thing's blown up. It sounds like we should be doing a post-mortem on that. Instead, he's going to hire the next coach? Yeah. Because
1: he— Actually, I don't think he had much say in hiring—well, he certainly didn't have much say in hiring Jeff Saturday.
2: Well, I I mean— Just like Luca Brazzi. He goes, either your brain or your contract (laughs) or your signature is going to be on this contract. All right. So, A.J.'s best bet was so underappreciated. It was the 11 weight. But somehow I agreed with him, and still it was that underappreciated. Unbelievable. I feel bad. Number 12. (laughs) Two games left for this one-time scenario. Never to happen again. All right. And I think the reason it got slow is... Everyone, You guys don't like opinions if you don't love a game. And it's like sometimes you can have strong opinions that go against each other. Yep. But the 12-weight is, oh, this is interesting, the Rams. Now, I'm on Arizona big with an 11. Scott's on the Rams big with an 11. AJ with a 6 on the Rams. So it's 2-1. to one. I'll let you guys go first.
3: I'll go because I have the stronger the 11th feel. Uh, to me, it's about McVeigh versus Cliff Kingsbury. Um, Sean McVay versus the Cardinals, 11-1 straight up, 10-1-1 one one ATS. That's the most profitable coach versus an opponent, covering by 10.2 points per game on margin. Now, the Rams are coming off of a loss. Sean McVay, when coming off of a loss against a divisional opponent, the next game, 10-5-1 ATS. But the Rams have lost back-to-back games, Scott. Wow, could they really lose three in a row? I'm glad you asked that question. Because Sean McVay and the Rams, after back-to-back losses, have responded that third game going 6-2 and two straight up, 5-2-1 and ATS. The Rams uh, own the Cardinals. Cliff Kingsbury and the Cardinals have not been good late in the season from Week 8 and beyond. Mm. Kingsbury's Cardinals are 10, 19, and 2 ATS. Well, but how
2: are they in Week 10 and 9? Because you can bundle a lot of— like they're 20 and
3: 8 from Weeks 1 to 7.
2: Okay. All right, let me ask you this. Does any of your trends have anything about the dream crusher? Because aren't the Rams' dreams crushed? And the way they lost that game— do you really think that they're gun ho to have a, a a victory, a symbolic victory? I mean, what's their, what's their playoff odds, McKenzie? What's that? Zero? Point
1: zero. <laughs> I mean, fourteen percent. Yeah, this, the Rams are three and five. The Cardinals are three and six. So doesn't Dream Crusher they, go fight, both ways? No, they're
2: fighting for their job. I mean, or Kingsbury's fighting for his job, right? And I also think they believe that Hopkins' absence. This is what I'll say. All joking aside, Arizona has been sneaky good or better than they seem the last two weeks, and I think one Seattle is just that. Seattle played that well that it like, looks like they just got dominated, but and they did kind of. But I think Seattle's that. This is almost like a you could see a parlay Seattle and Arizona if you think they're both good, right? But then the week, Hopkins has actually rejuvenated this team, the offense especially and i think the rams could be really down now i don't know i don't want to get overly personal but McVeigh's grandfather passed away last week now he, who who got him started in coaching who McVay's grandfather was the um uh bill walsh's gm so like for you know in in uh lombardi was telling the story that uh in his house that uh the the elder or the grandfather of McVeigh Only had one picture up, which was a picture signed to him from Bill Walsh, the coach, that said, "I guess they called him the master." They go to the master, Bill Walsh. So this guy was, you know, you could make the case today, if if McVay stopped coaching, had a more impressive career than his grandson, with all the years in the league, and you know, I don't know their personal relationship, but. You got to figure he went into coaching. You had to really yep. like that. Now he, I'm not. I, he's a professional, but you lose a game like that that you should have won. It's futile almost to, to to try to. You know they're not going to win the Super Bowl. They just they're starting to they're starting to be on a, a comeuppance when it comes to like their FM picks. It's almost like is this thing blown up? I mean, is Stafford ever going to be the same?
1: One well, staff. The, the reason this line's one and a half. It was three earlier today. Mm-hmm. And then it was announced that Matt Stafford's in concussion protocol, which pushed us down to Rams minus one and a half.
2: Was this like self inflict like
4: he's banging his head against It he might him? have. Or I mean,
2: because how do you get in concussion protocol four days after the game? I don't
4: know. Reportedly, he suffered the injury Sunday and just started feeling worse. After the game? Went by banging his head against the wall? <laughs>
3: Who knows? This I is mean, line manipulation. What do you mean? <laughs> They're just throwing some news out there.
2: So you think, you think they're announcing in the most sensitive subject the NFL has concussions?
4: They're <laughs> saying
2: that's the way we won't get any scrutiny with the concussion.
4: Gotcha. <laughs> here's
1: what I do know about the, he plays. He's fine. They cover about this matchup is, so and I don't, <laughs> I don't know if Stafford plays or not. But what well, I do you know You can't
2: is, like this without Stafford. Right? You mentioned
1: that eleven and one. Well, here's why I kind of do in that eleven and one straight up against Arizona since mm-hmm. McVay's been there. The Cardinals have scored under thirteen and a half points per game. Defensively, they have dominated Arizona. In the game that they played earlier this season, zero touchdowns for the Cardinals in Week Three. It just feels like the Rams' personnel is is bad news for this Cardinals team.
2: Is it the Rams' personnel? Is it scheme?
1: I assume it's personnel because they've changed. I mean, they've changed coordinators a couple times, uh, defensive coordinators. So I just assume from a matchup standpoint. Maybe Daly
2: will be back. Next year.
1: Might be. Uh,
2: To me, this feels—I do believe—and if you haven't really followed the Dream Crusher concept, just identify before—like, when each week is done on Sunday or Monday, look and say, who really is done now? And I tell you, they do tend to really drop off for one week. They don't usually—you know, they get gathered together again— I don't know at fourteen percent if the Rams are really done because that's one in seven, but I do feel like that was such a devastating loss. I mean, they had they only needed one first down, and Cooper Cup's like falling down, like like two more steps, he's got a first. But he well, and defensively they
1: did everything wrong. It, yeah, they were the outside drive, open. left the left the sidelines yeah, and the middle open. Absolutely, the terrible. two things that you can't do: leave the middle or the sideline open. They did both.
2: And at minimum, you should cover one, one. of them. Yeah. <laughs> So, I feel like when you got to the pinnacle of the Super Bowl, McVay could have went to Amazon. I mean, this is going to tarnish— Listen, if they don't make the playoffs, which is unlikely this year to make it, but next year if they have a similar year, this will tarnish his legacy.
1: Here's—this is why I don't think it's a dream crusher. If you look at the NFC right now—
2: It's actually—here's the funny thing. If you assume Minnesota wins the Mm division— Someone's going to win Tampa's division, probably Tampa, but whoever does, it's one playoff berth probably there. Right? Dallas is in. Yep. Philly is in. Now follow me here. Giants are probably in. And if you assume Seattle and San Francisco are both in, there's nowhere left. So the question is who who eliminates whom? Maybe San Fran if they bomb. But that's it. Like, really, who but are, do you
1: think they're going to have their dreams crushed when they're one game out of the playoffs?
2: but what i'm saying is one game out how they're
1: 3 and 5 the, the bottom team in the like the 7 seed right now would be 4 and 4 3
2: and 5 4 4 that but why would they be 14% i mean what i'm saying is this was a bit if they would have won that game they would have been it, it was a significant high-leverage loss. Do you really—I mean, let me ask you a question. You think there's a lot of enthusiasm in the Rams' locker room right no. now? No. So why why are you
1: arguing— but I, but I just don't think this, that they no, feel I like they're out of it.
2: I think you're probably right. I think the 14% doesn't meet the dream. I, but I do think this next game, there's, there's likely— I, I mean, when you face this kind of devastating loss— it's one of two things. You either say, let's fight hard, boy, come together as a team, or you're going to have a law. It might be a one game. This feels like a law to me. They're favored. So now you, the Stafford thing is weird. Yeah. I mean, how does it take to Wednesday to know you have a concussion?
1: Or they, I don't understand that at all. Or maybe they don't have to announce
3: anything until Wednesday. Or the, I think it just has to do with the NFL's advanced protocols now. That if it was – what we had prior to the Tua stuff, he he's not designated in concussion protocol. After they made the adjustments, after the but wouldn't Tua that thing, change
2: happen immediately? Wouldn't the, the announcement happen Monday morning or Sunday night?
3: If they have to hold him out of practice and and give a read I don't know. Mm. I, I don't know.
2: I don't either. Personally, I don't like this game because of the uncertainty with Stafford. Now, historically, one of the fantasy sites did a study on every injury type and how players did if they played that week with that injury type. Quarterback and they they matched it up to uh, positions. Quarterbacks with concussions actually played better than healthy quarterbacks, which makes no sense to me. But that's something to consider too. Maybe there's value if if you know he's gonna play and you can get it for less than three, maybe because you figure they're gonna account for him having something, but maybe it doesn't matter based on history. So for the purpose of the contest if he plays, if they
1: announce he's going to play, then you got to love minus one and a half.
2: Uh, may I, yeah, just because I think the line would go back to three. Yeah. So I mean, because it would just be a lot of you know value in theory. All right, is AJ's best bet? Oh wait, we, <laughs> we had it, we had it. But this is it. So we're going to go this game quick. Fez back next week. Everyone, like, who All right, this is. Is Fez the one who keeps us on track? That can't be the case. No, but we've been on—I don't think the, our problem today has been off track. Okay. Our problem is you guys equivocating every pick by saying, well, I kind of like this, but it's not my favorite. And even your favorite you didn't like. Apparently. No. <laughs> All right. What was your best bet again? It was the Chargers, plus seven. Hmm. Herbs. Herbs. Last game, Kansas City is the pick. But once again, I'm bucking these two. I'm on Jacksonville. Number An eight here from AJ. You start—
1: you want me to say this was your nine? I, I know, I, but okay. if
2: it's two against one, I'm like right. That's the fair. I,
1: I can't get past how bad the Jags have been defensively for the past couple weeks. Since holding their own early against Carson Wentz, Matt Ryan, and hobbled Justin Herbert, the Jags are 30th in DVOA against the pass over the last five games. And that's been against Davis Mills, Matt Ryan, Daniel Jones, Russell Wilson, and David Carr. And now Patrick Mahomes shows up, who's number two in QBR and PFF. He's now taking the lead in the MVP uh, race. Mahomes has thrown for over 400 yards a game in the last three, and that's been against three top 10 defensive DVOA teams, Buffalo, San Francisco, and Tennessee. The Jags allow 44% of third downs to be converted on the road. The Chiefs are one of two teams who can convert fifty percent or better on third downs. This is just a terrible matchup. Casey went to overtime last week against a backup quarterback. Jags broke a five-game losing streak. I think you're buying high on the Jags. I don't want to be hold on hold
2: it. Ho ho. The line was the look-ahead line was nine and a half in this okay. game. The look-ahead close was nine and a half. Okay. The world opener was nine and a half. The Monday early line was nine and a half. The Monday late line was nine and a half. The Tuesday line was nine and a half. The Wednesday line is nine and a half.
3: Then okay, you're not buying high. <laughs> Jaguars four and thirteen against the spread in their last seventeen games.
2: That's the time to play on a team when they're. I mean, honestly, in general, when a team's losing is when you play on them. The question is, my premise is if you look at the Kansas City lines, put up the Kansas City's lines, McKenzie. They have not. We know last year. In the year before, they were horrendous as a big favor, right? Yeah. And they haven't had many spots this year they were a big favor. So week one against the Cardinals, line was six. It was four the next week. It was five and a half the next week. Two was an underdog against the Bucks the next week. Then it was seven, two and a half, one. And then they were 14. It closed against Tennessee. And now for a second game in a row, and what did they get affirmed by? Hey, do your thing. You might even be down, but my homes can pull you out of it, baby. Don't worry about it. We got to worry about the bills. This do me a favor, McKenzie. Go um since 2020, and let's say uh, Kansas City is a seven-point dogger or, or, or favorite, favorite or more, seven plus. I mean, this is a team just generally in, in starting twenty. This is a team that generally has been bad as a big favorite. I think Jacksonville had a nice win that could you know that could buoy this team, as they say. So give me the, uh, okay, the record is nine and 15 against the spread.
4: but they started out four and two. So Ooh. take that out.
2: Yeah, so if you want to go a run, that's interesting. So you're saying four winners, so five and 13, right? Yep. I'm not saying that's like a deal breaker, but I'm saying the, the team doesn't profile to play well in this game. But they're probably going to win. Yeah. And I do think Jacksonville in general is going to feel a sense of energy because, let's be honest, their stats aren't bad. Mackenzie, if we look at the 96-4, what do we got? I think you guys are going to be shocked where Jacksonville is. You want to give me Jacksonville? Yes, that? And then we'll be wrapping up.
3: Mahomes as a favorite of three and a half or more. 27-31-1, mm-hmm. ATS. Mm-hmm. So, but three and a half or more or greater. Yeah. yeah.
2: But what I'm saying is in general, when you're a double digit favorite, Mm -hmm. or I guess it's nine and a half in this case, remember,
4: Jack's played Philly really tough. They did. Um, 29-21. What do we got, McKenzie? Jacksonville's the 14th best offense per EPA, 24th best defense.
2: All right. And what's, uh, so let's think of a team. Let me think
4: of a team comparable. Give me the Chargers. The Chargers are 19th on offense, 19th on defense. All right, so 38 and 38. Exactly. So that was good. Now, would the
2: Chargers be plus 9.5 here? Maybe now. I, I don't know. No, I, I don't think so. I mean, earlier this year they were like, what were they, plus 3 or yeah. something at Kansas City or 3.5?
4: 3.5, yeah.
2: So, I mean, obviously the Chargers were more loved. I just think Jacksonville is a young team it's better. I'm pro- and, again, this wasn't one of my gigantic – well, I guess, let me see. This was my nine. Um,
1: so it would be your one weight yeah, on a normal weight. I,
2: I personally feel like that Jacksonville has enough of my money that I, I need some back. <laughs> so I want them to win two in a row here. But in, in general – And you I, did win with them last week. I, I did? I, yeah. In general, I feel like – that, and this will be my last thought on it – that the team, this might be an energized team. When we move into the second half of the year, you got to wonder how energized some of these teams are. I think they believe in the new coach. Yeah, I like it. All right, any closing thoughts? No. All right, so straight out of Vegas AM, that's on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, also known as weekdays. yes. It's out you can't wake up earlier. Now if you're You can ad- go to bed later. If you're addicted to methamphetamine, maybe you can beat these guys. If
1: you're a garbage man, you probably beat us. You think? Yeah. Mm-mm. I think those garbage men have to wake up real early. Yeah, but they're done by like
2: noon. I know. It's a good gig. And then if you go too fast, people get mad at you. Or That's whatever. where
1: I'll be if straight out of Vegas AM doesn't work.
2: Exactly. So if you don't <laughs> want AJ to be on the garbage truck, would you be union? I don't know. I get yeah, I probably would. King of All Blacks was a garbage. He was man. Did you ever? Did you think got Moen faucets? Did you think? <laughs> did you <laughs> the, the, tell the uh, lineage of that?
1: Uh, he just he makes fun of people for being poor. If what kind of faucets you got, yeah. and if you don't have Moen faucets, Moen he, <laughs> faucets, he's making fun of you. S class. <laughs>
2: now, now was there ever? Did Howard steal anything else from you? Other, no, not he
1: didn't. That's that's directly from Howard.
2: Okay, because I didn't know if you had a King of no, Blacks no, no, in no, Austin. No, no. Or anything like that? You had the prince of all African-Americans? No, didn't have that either. (laughs) Did you invent the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air? I did not. Just Black Jeopardy. You know know what we can do? Someone could try to do the Fez out, but I think in honor of Fez, we play taps. Well, no, that doesn't work. (laughs) No. No. I think what we'll do is just let there be, how long does it take him to say, let's think, hey, be careful. Four seconds. Okay. After I say my last word, there'll be four seconds of silence. Did I ever tell you the story? Oh, wait. (laughs) Hey! Hey! (laughs) See you next week, guys.